0: Welcome to Cornstars, a Herpeta Culture Network show with your hosts Justin Smith and Joe Phelan.
1: Yeah, I was. I started listening to your podcast uh, today. I, I, you know, I actually wasn't fully aware that y'all had one. It's great. It's good stuff. It's gonna be good content.
2: Thank you. I'm, I'm sorry. Still, it's uh, about ball pythons primarily. I'm That's still fun. working on the uh,
3: the Nido one. So.
2: Yeah, I we have. Um, well, maybe it's me. I don't know. I have like a very specific goal in life, and that is to like recreate early. From the ground up, like when, Mm -hmm. like the ones Joe is the most embarrassed of, I love the most. (laughs) That's awesome. And I know he would be like, you're stupid. What are you talking about? No, like those are my favorites. Like his like enthusiasm for like collection building and where he thought he was going to be and his goals and his certainty. I loved all that a lot. So that's sort of what I want ours to be is mostly like, where's our collection? Where are we going? What are the... Projects we want to drop and add based on whether or not they sell or whether or not they're satisfying, stuff like that. Now
3: that's Joe cool. has become crotchety and <laughs> <laughs> like Luke yeah, Skywalker he... on his island. If you want to yeah. find him, you gotta go get him yourself. He's like half and my age.
2: Poor Joe. I I'm glad you cl- clawed him back. Like that's a deserves a round of I mean, applause. Right? Barely. Did <laughs> we? <laughs> a little right. bit. One episode was good.
1: Uh he 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 moved. To- I think he's officially in Texas now. So I'll be I'll be physically going and getting him at some point to hang out with him.
2: All right, good. Take him out herpin or something.
1: Yeah, that will uh that will definitely happen. That's something I we're need to be
2: able to do. I need Slowensky eye. Like I've been looking for wildcat Sluinsky eye from Texas. The parts oh, that are like make redder ones and yeah. no one catches them and I'm just like Anybody in Texas, if you go find one, I will accidentally slip money into your PayPal account. I don't know how you <laughs> want to work that
0: out.
3: It'll be a birthday gift.
2: I yeah, uh,
1: I, I'm cooling a pair, uh, but they're Het Silverleaf Het Anery. Uh, but yeah, the the Beaumont area, there's so badass wild yeah. ones over there.
2: Yeah, I since we all have Brad Lichtenstein's signs, Slowinski, I all of us, everyone, mm-hmm. the whole earth. It doesn't matter what you have. You have the same descendants of, like, six animals. Yeah. So I went to Brad this summer. I'm like, Brad, Brad, what are you doing? Brad, what do you got still? What's what's still floating that wasn't sent to Don, then sent to Travis, and then yeah. we all have? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I have, like, his dark male, his, like, possible new gene male. And I was like, give yeah. me that. But, like, most of his clutches didn't work out this year. It was sad. A lot of people had a rough year this year, turns yeah. out. Yeah. Poor Brad. But we need like locality East Texas. Yeah. Eye to match what Dark Horse has for Louisiana. Yeah. And they, on the East, they still get a little red in them because they're probably half Gutata anyway. <clears throat> um yeah. And they look cool. You could probably commercially sell them as like a a cool locality, whatever. Yeah. A lot of the stuff I have that's like Hetz, Slowenskii, it's quite brown. You know, people with brown yeah. snakes.
1: Hey, I mean, we could start talking about thorn scrubs, and this will be a this will be an MRI podcast real fast,
2: right? Dude, and I, and look, like, I like them too. They're, horrible.
3: they're real There's dicks, that... dude. They're sweethearts. What are you
1: talking no, about? No, no, dude. Dogs?
3: Hell no. Look at this, this little pair, guy. Oh my god, the male was chill. The male is no longer mellow. The male is little... just as male is just as ready ah, to kill awesome. me as the female is. I
2: like that they look kind of green.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, this is a. Uh... A wild caught aberrant one from That's McMullen. Cool. I gotta, he's chill, man. He's just chilling, Justin. Dude,
3: no, nah, man. You're keeping so, him too hot. I don't know. That might have, <laughs> that might, that legitimately might actually be it. Yeah. I, I may have had him too warm, but fucking hey, man. Hell on wheels.
1: Yeah, that, in all honesty, that, I think it was the female was, is it, fucking
2: mental.
3: Yeah. The male was, was pretty chill. And then,
2: is she wild caught? Oh yeah, they're
3: yeah. both they're both out, Yeah,
2: it's a crapshoot though.
1: It's it's funny. It's like when you first get them, they're insane, and then after like six months, they're like, "All right, maybe I'm just not gonna die." That female stayed bad.
3: I'll begrudgingly live, even though I don't want to. <laughs> are you uh, are you cooling them uh, for yeah. next year? Yeah, they're right they're right here they're on the stack, covered in a sheet. Nice. The garage has been working out really well. I'm just worried now as it gets colder, as we get into Later this month in January and stuff, I may have to put a small heater or something in a corner just to bump up the ambience.
1: Yeah, because you don't want to get like too, too, too low with certain species.
3: I think the lowest they've gotten so far in the garage is like forty-seven. That's not. Bad. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Been, I wouldn't, other than that,
2: when bad and I, and then you don't have to do corns that long. So if no. you get into your real winter and you're like, yeah, and just bring them up.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so I was planning to do like eighty days on the dot so january oh, 17th that's a lot yeah that's a lot yeah maybe, I, it, was, maybe it was 60
2: yeah i do 60 oh, okay. pretty much universally and if i feel weird feelings i don't care i'll just bring it back up they, they yeah. don't even need it to begin with so this is just making sure everybody's on the same timetable mm-hmm. when we come into like the first set of the year
3: i put them down just before thanksgiving and i think january 17th is what i have on my calendar is wake up day so Nice. Right. Yeah, I do I do sixty days on my corns
1: and the gophers and then the alterna and all the all the shit that needs to get like really cold is a hundred and ten days.
3: Okay. That's
1: so that's a I like, may keep the alafe
3: then I'll keep the alafe down a little longer than probably.
2: I yeah. kept Kunashir Climax, which is pretty high latitude mm-hmm. for sixty days. Did you? No problem. Not okay. super cold either, like not like Fox Snake cold or anything, mm-hmm. just normal corn. <laughs> And I just brought him up and I'm like, and they did and they did their thing this year.
3: I actually I need to talk to Loafman and ask him how long he put his the Diones down and how long these Bimax. I know that like both have to get cold, cold. And I'm sure being a little more montane than most stuff, they probably could go down a little longer and, and be better for it. So I don't know. We'll I'm, see.
1: I'm doing my 03 Ophis the same as corns this year. And mm-hmm. if that doesn't work out, I'll do them deep freezer uh next year but
3: i don't know i gotcha well this is episode number three of corn stars i am justin smith of palmetto chris exotics joined by chris Paynejab jab bad lancer pediculture and our guest this week is jessica Hare of hair hollow farm hello how are we doing awesome how, how are you i'm good it's nice and cool in the garage right now i'm letting this bang seep into my bones get it running through the veins (laughs) dude katie bought some of the the sweet iced tea flavored ones and oh my god like there's a reason i can't find them anywhere they're freaking amazing (laughs) i drank one yesterday and i was like this is poor this is bad like i'm now gonna go on the hunt around town and find every single one that i can and buy them all oh no so good <laughs> I have one. I have one in the fridge and I almost broke it out, but I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to it. Yeah, save I'm it. Drink it in the morning. If, it's, if, my, it, my if it's a good blade. vintage. You gotta hold on to it. You know what I mean? It's just like wine.
1: It only keep, gets better. It only gets better. You gotta keep a bo- couple bottles back for next year.
3: Yep. <clears throat> yep. Um, it's yeah, so Jessica and Hair Hollow Farm are officially the sponsors of Corn Stars. That's awesome. We made made the announcement a while back after episode number two with JT. Um, I think that episode was back in September, like early September. So it's been a, a little while and we've been wanting to do episodes. Chris can, can, he's a witness to this. We've been trying to make it happen. It just hasn't, uh, schedules haven't really lined up all that much. You know, Joe's been doing his thing, going back and forth across the country again. And, uh, you know, family and work schedules and holidays and all that stuff just makes things a little chaotic. But yeah, finally, finally nailed it down. So here we are. We're here Happy now. to
2: to support uh, yeah, a really corn sure. podcast. We haven't had one in <laughs> a long <clears throat> time, not since Corn on the Pod probably mm-hmm. it was the last one. Yeah.
1: Well, we're definitely going to try and keep it a uh, a relatively consistent thing. Of course, holidays and stuff like that are like Justin right. was saying
3: can be tough. Mm-hmm. I do make a point, at least in just, like, the end of every year in December, like, the last half of December, we just, we take, like, the last half of the month off. Just, everyone does their own thing. We'll come back January. Kind of gives you, like, a definitive break between things, too. Like, kind of has a new feel, because that's when I make new intros and and stuff like that. And so every year kind of has its own sort of start and finish, I guess. Yeah, that's cool. But, yeah, um... As far as what's going on here, cooling stuff off, I got some of my Ladies Island slash Beaver locality stuff in cooling right now, a bunch of bairds in cooling, the thorn scrubs from Chris are in cooling, some Lafe, and I am itching to, to pair some stuff up come February or March. So.
0: Yeah, it's going to be good.
3: You got a lot of stuff cooling, Chris? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bulls. Black Pines, Northern Pines, uh, Baja Gophers, San Diego Gophers. The whole My whole gamut of Pichi Opus. Uh, I have already paired up my uh, Pichi Opus, uh, Debbie I, um, the North Mexican Pines, and they're showing some promising action between each other. Uh, all my corns are down. I think I'm doing seven pairings this year. Um, or three Opus are down. All the Alterna are down. All the Mex-Mex are down. All the Leonis are down. Uh, I think that's... Gosh, I hope that... Oh, the the Baja Cali... The F2 Baja Calis are down. Um, I think that's it. And then I've got a clutch of Corn Snake eggs due probably within the next 14 days.
3: <laughs> so Those I, uh, are what you're talking about yesterday? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm excited I a, to
1: see those. It's, it's going to be a diffused uh, female uh, that I think is masked. Can't really tell. She's really blown out. Uh, pos het hypo pos het charcoal to a charcoal tessera het diffused um, pos het hypo also uh, we're trying to prove that out figure out what's going on but she had ovulated uh she didn't breed last year during breeding season didn't really know why kind of just chalked it off to you know one out of eight or whatever isn't going to do it and she ovulated and i was like ah, i'll throw them together i don't know if my man's going to get it done and you know, he, he sure did <laughs> so uh no, no, you know, and there there was no cooling involved. Well, they did cool last year, so uh, he went back to the to the sleeping and she'll she'll get her eggs out and get a few good meals in her, and I'll cool her for a short period of time and see about pairing her up again, probably in six months or so.
3: So then I'll I'll start this off with a really stupid noob question. When you do diffuse to diffuse, what is that?
1: It, it is so. Uh, diffused used to be with certain lineages called blood red. Uh, diffused oh, okay. is a, it's a simple recessive gene. Uh, and it's a pattern mutation, and in some instances, can kind of uh, invoke some hypo type looks. Um, so anything that's blood red, uh, a pewter is diffused in charcoal. Um, you know, there's a million combos that come out of it, but it, it blows out the sides, gives them a completely patternless stomach. Uh, I believe in most instances.
3: But does it do anything as far as like when you when you pair those to each other, like when you pair diffused to diffused, do you get anything? No, uh, diffused to diffused. I believe that if you. <laughs> That's it's simple
2: doing. recessive, so they'd, yeah, be simple
1: recessive. They'd, they'd be all diffused. They'd be all diffused. And the pied world comes from diffused corn snakes. Uh, I don't think it's found outside of diffused. So it's kind of kind of neat. I got a pied blood red female. So but,
3: awesome. yeah, that's it. That's what we're doing. Well, Jessica, what do you got working? I get well. We can get into that in a little bit, but more, just a. Yeah. Started off with sort of just the the general intro stuff. You know, who you are, what you're doing, how you... what, how, Why and how did you get into Corn Snakes?
2: Um, I guess the... Like everyone else... Maybe not everyone else, but a lot of people. I was one of those dinosaur children. I was obsessed with dinosaurs. And so, like... Obviously, like, you... Like, I'm convinced I'm going to be a scientist and you're four or whatever nonsense. So I liked animals all along, but I didn't really let like snakes until I got a first pet snake, which was a bow constrictor uh, imperator. But now it's bow imperator, but whatever. Um, I got him at like 12. So like that was around the time you could go get a gateway computer and turn on your dial up. So that's going to age <laughs> me perfectly. <laughs> So then eventually, I'm like, oh, this is a fun it, yeah. pet. Let me get on this gateway and check it out, AOL. And I ended <laughs> up finding, like, kingsnake.com and fauna when fauna was still new and fresh. <laughs> and um, the forum culture. And so I got really into snakes sort of in high school. Um, and mostly focused on boas. But I did have sort of, like, I was so hungry for snakes, I couldn't eat, buy enough to satisfy myself. So there was, like, a herping subset of that sort of passion mm-hmm. and where i'm from in eastern west virginia the like charismatic mega herpetofauna fauna is black rat snakes so that's what you find 90 percent of the time so that's sort of what you get interested in and at that time they were in a with the rest of them so you like get on the rat snake forum on king snake and you end up with both both the old world rat snakes at that point and the new world rat snakes you end up that's part of why my collection is shaped the way it is now, because I <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: bought an Everglades S- at the pet store, lot. bought some normal corns for $12.50 at Harvard Agraw in Maryland. Nice. And, <laughs> you know, as like a, a high school or whatever. And I, most of my sort of selective breeding projects and breeding interest was in boas, because that's sort of my passion. But I always had like a contingent of rat snakes to complement them. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, like a... Catastrophic collection failure, probably due to arena virus in the boas, and completely got out of the hobby in two thousand and five or six or so. And then I, you know, went to college, went to grad school, ended up going to uh, my undergrad work was with wood turtles, and my graduate work was oh, cool. with wood turtles. And I went to um, Marshall University, and I, my uh, advisor was Dr. Thomas Pauly, who's since retired, but he's like a famous uh, herpetologist in west virginia decided that a phd wasn't for me went back into like a normal sort of boring uh office job tricked somebody into marrying me using my feminine wiles <laughs> it was all part of the plan <laughs> and then i we He's in the Air Force, so we had to move here. And we just happened to move back here. And I was like, oh, let's get a farm, because I love farms. It's farm. That sounds great. But it happened to have, like, an, an ADU on it, which was, like, heated and had hot water. And I'm like, you know what I can put in here? A mega shit ton of snakes. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> and, so, and then it just got, and it repeated again. Still love what was formerly lafe, old world and new world. Corn snakes was always a part of that. The corn snake morphs are better than they've ever been ever. It's like oh, a yeah. great, a great polygenic base with lots of variability. You can pick a selected breeding project to satisfy any need you have. And they have like a beautiful small package. that's easy to take care of. So sign me up.
3: That's awesome. So, but you're in Washington currently? Yes. Okay.
1: So did you immediately jump into wanting to do breeding specific projects or was it? Yeah, just Keep it and collecting it first.
2: No, I, I already had learned like to buy one of everything that interests you. And then that wasn't for me the last yeah. time around, I knew I wanted projects and I knew I wanted depth within a species, like lots of numbers of individuals to have a selective breeding project with different goals and different morphs on top of those projects. I knew that right away. Cause that was always my, my jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boas for sure. And, but you can take that feeling of wanting to work a project for 10 years and refine it and just put it in a, a species that has the genetic base to do that with.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. So corn
2: snakes were always part of that uh, destiny for the business that we decided to make.
1: And the great things about about corn snakes, they're local to the United States and there's so much variability in locality. You can use that as a base for all these ingredients you have in morphs.
2: Oh my god! And people don't know this, but there are phenotypes that are missing from the hobby that I remember seeing in the early two thousands. And I'm like, where did they go? Where did they go? What are you do yeah. with them? they are hiding them in here. Oh, I-, I don't know. I don't know where they went. I assume it's because there's not as many like wild caught corns coming in.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing.
2: And I'm like, I hey, there used to be corns with like a base color that was golden, like yeah. Um, yeah. like a mole king and i can't yeah. find them and it wasn't a mold you know, it's just like a phenotype
3: i i've had people send me some pictures of some corns they've seen here local to me that have almost like a mustard base to them please yeah please send them to, have, me. I I to, you myself, send to me i have yet to see one myself but you better believe if i can get my hands on some
2: that's like a project waiting to be yeah. like lifted yeah. up because people are that that sort of color variation is people are hungry for that so yeah. well, it's kind of it's
3: kind of funny it's almost like hognose is like the Basic normal nose has become the rarest morph out of all yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the morph thing got so, so much focus and attention that like normals and stuff just got kind of shoved to the side. And like no one took, no one seems to be taking the time to really do anything with those because that's what I was going to do with mine before I sent them to Loftman. You know, was, I was just like, I'm just going to bring some normals,
2: sell them cheap, whatever. I mean, like the the purple line, that's <clears throat> a selectively bred high red animal within mm-hmm. hog noses. So that's, to me, like you could take that and keep going, or you could go for a really dark hognose to like rival a sable without being a sable. Mm-hmm. There's still choices. You just have to, you have to convince people to want to buy whatever sort of snake that you're deciding to make.
1: Yeah, yeah there, There's actually now that I, I've I've done a little more looking into hognose, there's a lot of polygenic traits that people are breeding for, in some of the I think the lemon hogs are around that. The the raging reds. Right. Those are all like line bread systems now. Uh, so with that being said, what was your first clutch of corn snakes?
2: It was a Tessera cinder hypo to a Miami Tessera. And the Miami Tessera was a mystic exotics, which anybody who knows anything about Miamis will know. Um, Heather's style of, uh, I think her line is now called Tuscan flares. I don't know if anybody knows that because they're quite orange and nice. So that was my pairing. Those are those like the Miami animals that I'm still selling and holding back.
3: That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, is it it safe to say that Miami is like a big chunk of what you're sort of working with?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's almost a perfect animal. I don't like a gray band. Kingsnake is incredibly beautiful, but it's Mm -hmm. difficult. So how do we make it better? Well, you make it a corn snake. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah. We've solved the problem of Greyband king snakes. You just make it into Corn Snake. Uh, obviously, JT's collection made a big impression on me, which anybody on Instagram with eyeballs would feel that feeling. You know, like, oh, my God. I don't know why JT just doesn't decide to be like, this is the Hannibal line. I have a yeah. line now. I'm fine. Right. Yeah. And just promote his brand like that, because I think it's already there. Like, he's yeah. just feel encouraged wow. to do that. Um, I think we should treat corn snakes like we treat chondros where one sort of founding animal like, yeah. is like the most important part and is the patriarch or matriarch of yeah. that line. Yeah. Like Heather has a particular male, Heather from, sorry, not Heather, Carol Huddleston from Low Belly <laughs> Reptiles, a particular yeah. male that is the best male Miami who probably exists in the earth. <laughs> she should just go ahead and name the line after that male and yeah. we'll just all buy his babies forever. It's fine. Uh,
1: a lot, a lot of those animals you're talking about, it's awesome, you know, date back to Walter Smith, uh, working with a lot of those lineages and getting those in the hands of and Carol and, and people like that. And they've just gotten better and better and better. Yeah. It's really neat to see.
2: There was a secret stash of the stuff that went from Walter to Tim Magnum that he was selling that is like the, the most perfected version of his miami Sunkiss from walter and they, yeah. they actually like were insane i'd almost died when i saw them i tried to buy some but it didn't work out but doesn't matter <laughs> why uh like that is a an elevated corn snake that deserves to have a name <laughs> to its line mm-hmm. other yeah. than it's a miami sunkiss. is it it's more than that
1: it, it's yep. it's kind of neat seeing those uh it's a single you know it's expressing a single recessive gene right And it's a a hypotype, which is not even that apparent. There's some pattern uh, uh, involvement with it as well. But yeah, those animals are just like shocking. They're beautiful.
2: I think there's something else in the secret sauce that makes them. I don't know. I don't want to like claim it's monogenic, but they have hit some sort of polygenic, uh, I don't know, lottery or something. Yeah. That is different than if I took a, a super mask diffused. Caramel, sun kiss, put them all together. I would not make a Hannibal because it's not from Walter no. Smith's line. It mm-hmm. doesn't look the same. Yeah. There's some other secret sauce. Yeah. There, I think there's something
1: board. to say about the uh, possibility of the visual head sender, you know? Uh, but still, even then, even then, it's just yeah, not even, even, even close. Yeah. No.
2: Yeah. I don't. There's something else that brew, something else afoot. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Me and Jake were having a conversation about that and, you know, JT's animals and how, like, one of the reasons JT currently and moving forward is going to have some of the coolest stuff for sales because he has, like, flagship animals that there is, like, there's, there's, there's that. There's Hannibal. Right there. You, no matter how many times you have that combination, that's that animal. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, it is that Chondro esque sort of. You know, line and and that animal's lineage and, and progeny and stuff that carries that and that do That's think how I
2: think corn we, snakes needs to move yeah, forward. Yeah, I don't think like you see we need as the base price corn. of corn snakes to rise, mm-hmm. and the way you do that and make like <clears throat> the hobby like you know sustainable. Yeah, is by like promoting lineages and why buying from the boutique market is different than just buying a snake from Petsmart yeah. besides the crypto. Yeah. but fancy. Yeah, But it's just uh, fancy.
1: You know, the same thing said is going to a, a flippers table or somebody that buys corn snakes in bulk or even just breeds in bulk and sells them at a show. Uh, you know, these are albinos, these are Andries. And hell, I, I sell albinos and andres, Right. But I can also show you Mac and say, you know, this this kid comes from Mac. I picked Mac out because he was the most badass-looking uh, version of, you know, a Motley, Motley, Tessera, Ultramel head annery that I'd ever seen. And he's made some babies that I literally held back because I was like, "Wow, these look exactly
2: like him." Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Well, it's the same. You see the same thing in Condros. You have the designer animals, and then you got your imported Biocs and and other stuff. That it's like, yeah, that's a Biax. You know, same mm-hmm. with wholesale corns. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. a normal corn. And, and if you I, want to, but then you have you know that top top tier stuff. That's that's obviously a few notches above that. So. Mm-hmm. I, I have a
1: pair of Hannibal's kids cooling right now that'll be hopefully pairing up next year. So nice.
3: Yeah. Visual I've, visual caramels. I foresee JT getting a lot of my money in the. In the
1: <laughs> it's really hard.
3: Not, and he's also a great
1: guy, which,
2: which
3: yeah. is just, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, what that's I mean? even worse. That's the what, like, I wish he was an asshole. And then I, I know, stop like, supporting I don't nice people
2: him. for the industry. Like, Unacceptable.
3: Why can't you just be a jerk? So I just don't want to deal with you.
2: <laughs> No, I have a lot of JT's animals also. I'm I'm in the club. I've I've signed the I've no, drank that's the good to...
1: So is that, you know, I I I perused your your Instagram for a bit before we talked, but uh it kind of looks like around that Tessera, Miami, and then also working with the Cinder and different uh different visual uh examples of Cinder is something else you were working with.
2: Right, because Cinder... And Suncast play nice with Miami. and the, yes. A Shatter plays nice with Miami. And the, a Het Cinder is basically a quarter to 50% of a Miami it makes. So you can argue whether or not it's a true Miami if Cinder's helping. Het Cinder's sort of cleaning up the base. But yeah. I just want a nice look at Snakes. So if Het Cinder's in the mix, that's cool. Um, yeah. I'm not going to argue too bad. If that's but,
1: the way it happens, that's, that's yeah, okay. I, it's but badass.
2: I, yeah. I th- and I think people... Should probably look at cinder some more because sunkiss obviously has a price bump, mm-hmm. but cinder is ju- bec- just because just as like pattern disruptiony, mm-hmm. it makes weird chevron patterns that are really cool all by themselves. There's like a touch of little pink inside that can be like yeah accentuated and bred up or bred out. There's a lot of work to be done just in cinder, just with polygenic stuff. So that's Lee, part of what I'm. Lee doing Abbott with.
3: had a peppermint mail for sale at Daytona for like hundred bucks that I. Was very very close to just saying screw it and taking it home, and that looked awesome. Mm-hmm. that's that what Cinder and Candy Cane, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it is. it's all oh, so cool. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, I just you know I just want it gone. I was like, fuck. I think so, there's
2: there- a there's a bias against gray snakes in general, unless there's like a pop of color. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you have to convince someone that the desaturated one is. Fun like I have a problem selling anartristic boas, I'm like, this yeah. is the best one. Y'all are dumb. Mm-hmm. They it, want the it, like hypos or all yeah, or whatever. Yeah.
3: If it's not neon, they don't want it. Right.
1: It's like some of my charcoal stuff. I'm like, this one is awesome. You gotta see it in person. But then in pictures, they always look like doo doo snakes. <laughs> yeah. It's like ah, oh, damn it.
2: It's like gunmetal and blue and yeah weird mm-hmm. and silvery, and they're like, no, I don't want the aim out. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Like I, I, I I'm you just gets the best of both worlds. Charcoal sun kissed is cool cuz it like it makes these little yeah. i don't know like suede carpet patches on the saddles which is awesome. the strangest effect. I yeah, I don't I don't know why people don't like stuff like that.
0: Yeah.
1: I uh, I have a few cinder animals also and at some point I'm going to start crossing it in trying to work it with my charcoal stuff cuz uh yeah, those two genes play That'll really cool. nice together. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's so many possibilities that you can generate in a, in a collection. I mean, you can start with six animals, right? 3 males and right. 3 mm-hmm. females. And have different results every year. Yep, that's your problem. Probably, you'll probably produce emails somewhere in there too.
2: Emails <laughs> <laughs> aren't my fave. Sorry, emails. They're okay. I prefer uh, like ultra
1: Yeah, um, ultra badass.
2: I, I like them. They're fine. But like, if you were like, do you want to say amel or ultra mil? every time. Yeah. Purple. I, yes. Sign me up. Okay.
1: I really, really like amel motleys because they. I don't know. There's something smooth-looking about an AML Motley that I've right. just always enjoyed, I guess.
2: I'll sell it- you all my AML Motleys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> might, we might have to do that. I, 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 yeah. Oh, man, I need to stop buying Snakes' as a problem. I'm just like, all right, let's go ahead and end this podcast now. We're going to be setting up a deal. What's your PayPal?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, yeah. And it's it, it both is good and bad that they like they come pretty small. So you're like, oh, yeah, yeah my quarantine right. rack will hold 17 additional corn snakes. Right. But then you have to think about, uh, you know, their adult size a little bit I, harder. I have
3: an entire hatchling rack at my parents' place that I've not brought home because I know that if it's there, <laughs> I'm going to start filling it up. And I actually need that for, for baby season. So Yeah. Yeah, I held back 22
1: snakes this year and then had to start slowly getting rid of them, getting rid of them, getting rid of them. Right. A couple. I
3: still have... Uh, it's when six, you just send them eight, to me and I just hold them on, hold on to them for you until you want them back. And then there you go.
2: It's like sharecropping, uh-huh. but was with- right. Not do
3: that. But yeah, you, you you do that. You do that for
1: a couple of seasons. I've still got holdbacks from last year. Uh, I've got a holdback from the year before. And it's like, oh, man, now that one's going to be breeding hopefully this year. And so I found myself this year kind of cleaning out the closet, getting rid of a few animals. And but are, sometimes kind of you're hard.
2: cleaning it out and you're like, whoops, this one is better than I ever imagined. Yeah. And you're like, no, I have to keep eating. That.
3: Where did you come
2: from? <laughs> that's a surprise.
1: I, I, I produced a snow last year that was the shittiest eater. It just never wanted to eat. So I, I held on to it. I'm not going to under 90% of most circumstances. I'm not going to put the animal down. Uh, but I'm also not going to sell it if it's not eating really well. And, uh, I held on to her and I, she was just kind of like a normal snow, and then now she's like a green halo blotch with all this pink and like yellow down her neck. And I was like, "Whoa, yeah. where'd that come from?" So yeah, she now
3: she's just uh, now she's staying and she eats awesome. So, so what what is it about Miamis that that seems to put that twist on things?
2: I think it's a contrast. What do you think? I mean, I like know.
3: genetically, do you think they're 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 separated enough to where that's kind of the problem. Like I think of it in terms of chondros with beox being so genetically divergent from mainland stuff that when you breed that to some of that designer stuff and mainland stuff, it really, really blends things up and does some really wacky stuff. And I've always wondered if maybe Miami's might be, it's a similar thing where Miami's are so separate or enough separated genetically to where when you breed them into other things, it, it really twists things around.
2: I think the Keys lineage animals, that is true. So like, Mm -hmm. if they're from that far south, they've been sort of evolving divergently. But like a generic Miami you get off the shelf is half South Carolina corn anyway at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like all of my Miami stock, it doesn't want anoles. It doesn't want tuna. It'll come out eating whatever. They're big-bodied. They're not the South Florida style. They just look Miami because people have been selectively breeding them for a Mm -hmm. long time. So I don't think necessarily the secret sauce is whatever. I think... Just we've lined up the fifteen mm-hmm. genes that are necessary to make a a gray snake with a orange or a red saddle, and then we went nuts, and then that just looks good.
1: Yeah, it's like refining the poly the polygenics of it before even looking at any any uh, mutations.
2: Right. Like, Lee Abbott, I think, famously has bred his own line of Boca tea to every one of his morph lines.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah. then bred it back so that he could not have a null feeders and stuff like that. Because they would be, have that more northerly corn phenotype as, like, the predominant gene. And they can get the, the morph back again by just breeding back. So that's what a lot of the Miami people have been working the project for 10, 15, 20 years have done. They're not really that miami in sort of physiology anymore
3: yeah they're so far removed yeah it's just the just the look at this point yeah i don't know i just i noticed like with the you know the honey the honey stuff that i have from jt and some of the other things i've seen online like the miami stuff is clearly very different from sort of the standard if it has miami in it at least i could be completely wrong but
2: i know cinder's body plan is Different based on the mutation. They seem mm-hmm. feel tubular to me. I don't know if anybody wants to chime in on that. like a homozygous cinder has a different shape. Hmm.
1: Um, I'll, I'll need to look at that. I, I have a couple yeah. visual cinder stuff.
2: Just like huh. hold them and then hold the next one. Just like uh, a has a different shape. Slawinski's are more rat snake shaped than even horn yeah. snake is, but they cinders tend to be more tubular, and I have no idea why. And they have different shaped heads. I, hmm. Obviously, whenever whatever protein broke to make that phenotype into yeah. the color also broke something else, obviously. And you know, all these mutations are half broken as it is, but there's a, a physical difference to me in my stock.
3: That's really interesting. I'm definitely gonna have to take a look at that. Uh, Cinder S- originated from the keys stuff, didn't it?
2: Yes, okay. yeah. So that's might be part of it too. Okay. Hmm. Depends on how far away you are from mm-hmm. the source, but I got I- that. Shatter from Sean and obviously home is like a cinder and he looks totally different than the Miami who's oh. from the same guy. Hmm.
1: That, that is really interesting. So do you, you do like taking it to the next level and doing shatter and then like Tessera shatter and diffuse shatter.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's awesome, I'm,
3: right?
2: I don't know what we were sleeping on all this time, but like the shatter is the most transformative corn snake morph to me, where you took yeah. two things with saddles and you made something with like shurikens on it instead of yeah like, what is that let's yeah. celebrate that that should be five hundred dollars mm-hmm. like uh throw the palmetto in the trash and then go get yourself a shatter because <laughs> that's a better more interesting phenotype than white with dots uh sorry palmetto fans
1: <laughs> well that's a great question I'll, I'll dip into that so what do you think about palmettos uh you know it's, it's uh, people are kind of polarized on them <laughs> i
3: think they're overrated man
2: I think they're totally overrated. I there's no selective process. What are you gonna select? More red dots?
3: Right, more white. <laughs> Less
1: but it, red
2: dots, different <laughs> color dots? Yeah.
1: And that, that that gene literally like doesn't work that way. You can't work with the polygenics of it. It's random every time, right. it seems like.
2: Like Tessera will line the dots up into a line. I mean, congratulations. Yeah. You've made a line of dots. Um, it also has like a high byproduct rate. Like I've heard of twenty percent of them having bad eyeballs, but from morph market, if that's indication, it looks like fifty percent. I don't
0: <laughs> all of them. <laughs>
2: uh, and then I heard it was male dependent. I was like, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me, but. I sort of rant about this for about 20 minutes on the podcast. If you want to listen to me like struggle with the minutiae of why this is like this. Um, I don't necessarily want to make an animal where there's like byproduct. Right. I make an animal that's yeah. good and is a good pet and is normal for always. I, I don't know.
1: I've seen some adults that were perfect. I mean, just yeah. perfect examples. And I was like, holy shit, the blue eyes. The They look like a regular corn snake, but they have this peppering all over them. I was like, "That's a beautiful animal," and then I've seen babies that look like pencils with googly <laughs> like
2: eyes,
3: like subox. But I'm like, yeah. "Oh
2: shit!" But even a subox, its eyeballs are still in its head. Like yeah. there's no, you don't see like the black part around. Oh you. yeah, I know what you're Yeah, it looks like a normal being that right. came and exists. Like, but the yeah. things that come out of a palmetto clutch yeah. are either awesome or ooh, I don't yeah. know. I don't really know how I feel it's, about that. It's
3: just with the scale of stuff too. Like I appreciate them for what they are. Like they are still snakes. They are still cool, but for the fact of the matter that with palmettos, it seems like the buck stops there. Yeah. It kind of takes away the fun out of it. And then just, they're still expensive and scaleless stuff is still super expensive. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me much outside of it being a snake. And I like snakes. Yeah.
2: I have heard though, like from my show friends that even if they don't sell corn snakes, they get asked if they're selling palmettos. So like, is that universally appealing that Maybe we're idiots for not running it because we're losing out on all these pet sales or whatever. But yeah, I, it doesn't.
1: <clears throat> I get asked a lot if I have Palmetto. People will come to my table. I have like two corn snakes, and they're like, "You got any of them Palmettos?" I'm like, ah, I, I still don't. know. Nope, I don't. I don't need to have look at you, disgust. Just <laughs> right. To... Uh, I mean, I I think they're beautiful. I I would love to have some. I had one. I killed it. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I, <that's, laughs> I murdered it. Oh uh, no! But it, you know what? Uh, they have a really high uh, failure rate. And it kind of doesn't. I mean, it ate great. It was not, I mean, it was just in its tub dead one day. Uh, it wasn't a temp issue. It wasn't a food mm-hmm. issue. It just didn't make it. Uh, they they literally will just roll uh, that 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 gene is so weak. You find that in so many animals, leucism uh, generates a, a fatal animal. Crested geckos, carpet pythons. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and, and and they they it just wasn't meant to survive. I think it's a collision of uh, genes that weren't maybe mm-hmm. necessarily
3: supposed to happen. Right. The, the bare minimum of survivability.
2: Yeah. yeah. and I'm not saying I would never have one. So if this is like going to be held against yeah. me at some point, I they, they're still incredible when they're perfect. I just yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's a hard sell when. The most beautiful corn snake already exists, and it's called a Miami Oka-tea, and <laughs> I have it; <laughs> it's so beautiful. Why would Miami I want Oka-teas something? It's nice. okay when I have that.
1: So you know, that's that's another one uh, talking about Miami Okaties. What what about putting taking nice solid genetic Miami Okaties and breaking them into other lines uh, or, or other pattern genetics, getting them into motleys? Well, I guess motley would break that. Uh,
2: yeah i would steal you can't do that it's still all the black
1: uh but tessera and and,
2: oh yeah i think we have 20 years of just that just because okati is so much work to be done yeah big borders is recessive to small borders yeah ish. you know if there's like five dreams that control borders you know usually the small borders win so you have to be constantly breeding back Mm -hmm. within outcrossings you don't have issues We have all the time in the world to make a Shatter, Big Boy Shatter with Big Boy Borders. It's going to be so exciting. I'm ready. It's going to be great. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, one of the ones that I haven't seen done with Shatter yet is, uh, and, and, and I, everybody listening probably knows Shatter is Cinder and sunkiss. I don't know if we said those two genes together make Shatter. Uh, Terrazzo. Not many people have messed with Terrazzo. Right. And, and taking that pattern mutation... Which is recessive, and putting it with the other two recessives that create. I'm just
2: worried Terrazzo's too strong because it tends to like it does blow everything away, and you're like, is is a border that's already sort of weak anyway going to be able to fight against Terrazzo's power? I don't know. What I want to see, and I'm desperate for this, and I'm going to do this if nobody else does it because I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm ready. Is a Miami it looks like a specter so no annery though but big black borders but the frosted in the center is there but you still have a red ring so you have these concentric rings of like rosettes that are black and red with the gray center in the middle down a snake but it's not annery so like do that if anybody's working on that just go ahead and start doing that I'll buy some I'm ready (laughs) So it's definitely uh, fair
1: to say you, you like the uh, line breeding aspect of corns,
2: yes, that's why Working I'm within here. The genes. That's, that's, great. Why I'm, that's awesome, yeah, 100%. I the morphs are cool, but anybody can hit photocopy on a, a project and make more emails.
0: Yeah, so what, yeah, is you're not true wrong. talent yet.
2: is yeah. like the people who have looked at of Miami for the last 10 15 years, like Heather and Carol, and been like, okay, let's just keep going. I'm just gonna, yeah. Increase and no- saturation and increase borders. Let's mm-hmm. go and for the next 15 years, and they're still doing it, even though their snakes were only maybe weren't as well respected as they could have been. They kept going. Yeah,
1: and and that's cool because, like you're saying, they they also have that eye where it's like, okay, I just had 10 hatch. I know exactly the ones that are. Yeah, really awesome. right. Let's. That's know. a good so skill
2: with the ontogenetic color change animals because you have mm-hmm. to really be sure what you're looking at.
3: Oh, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're doing a line, how many animals are you holding back from a clutch? Like if you're trying to refine something like that, how many are you holding on to each 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 clutch?
2: I would hold on to half and then sell them as you decide they don't make the muster. Because yeah. a you know, a six-month-old corn is easier almost to sell to show than a smaller one because it looks especially in Miami, they look quite yeah, dark when they're they good kind of when they're babies some. yeah so that, mm-hmm. and then a six-month-old corn doesn't escape from a, a 10-gallon tank is easy it sort of gets, <laughs> sort of gets some of better us have in terms of with like that. your management of of how you're selling if you keep too many and let them go as you just sort them out that's my plan anyway i don't know i, I probably kept like 12 i was just like oh nice. you look cool here's a project i don't even know you're a project you're a project now by yourself mm-hmm. okay bye and then i'll find you a pair when we come around to it, eventually.
3: I just I'm so bad about that. I said I was gonna hold back pretty much every Condro baby I hatched with that first clutch, <laughs> and, and I have one hold back that I kept. Oh
2: no! Yeah, contro is another and one. Then, I, don't, yeah, I wouldn't let a single one go until it's so hard to justify because
3: uh, especially with beox, you're having to hold on to them for a couple years before you kind of have a really solid idea of what direction they're going, and that's that's a lot of a lot of space. And then with that first locality corn pairing of my ladies island stuff, I have four of those left two of them went to jake so i still have access to yeah there's still six of them total but um it is
2: nice keeping like animals close to home
3: yeah you can cherry pick back but i pretty much picked like the darkest and the lightest and those are kind of what i what i held on to and i don't know because that's my plan is to breed that i'm not going to breed that same pair again but it's going to be another ladies island male to that same female and then I have another female that's local. She's not from Ladies Island specifically. She's from like Beaufort County, like the mainland, quote unquote. Um, and she's going to go to the sire of the clutch that these came from. So um, then it's a matter of like continuing to hold on to some from each clutch, and, and sort of that's my idea. Like long term is refine it and see kind of what happens with it. And
0: mm-hmm.
3: okay. I just don't like. Well, wanted to know what your opinions were on on how many to hold back per clutch and. In a way that you're you're not taking up all your space, but you're also holding back enough to where you can sort of see get an idea of the the, the field and, and trying to make a decision from that.
2: Right. I think Rich Zakowski says hold back two two or two three of any project you're most interested in because you never know when a mail will roll and mm-hmm. then you're, you can't do like a one three or something because you need an air and spare to like keep your project going right. So at minimum a two two I think is fair. And then if yeah. one of the parents rolls in brumation or something terrible happens, you have at least two pairs to replace and pick mm-hmm. the best of.
1: That's. But then you'll
2: it, have 400 snakes right away. So right. Uh,
1: there's there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody listening here, uh, just know 400 snakes is fine.
3: So <laughs> pretty close to the perfect number. <laughs> Once I have is more it? space and I have a, a like a dedicated shed and stuff, which the wife keeps saying I can get, we just haven't. I don't know when that's going to actually happen. I'll be like, I'll have no issue holding on to like entire clutches and stuff. Yeah. I'll have, you know, double or triple the space I have now, which would be great. You know, it's just right now I'm so strapped on space that it's hard. I got to really be picky. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 10 out of 10 would recommend a shed.
3: Is that <laughs> what you have going? Do you have one of those? No, you I have like,
2: that a... that ADU. So I have like 700 or 800 square feet, like heated space.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I have most of the Calubras are in the house, though, but I can. Cohort isolate the babies out there in like the the baby only area. Mm-hmm. So I can keep as many babies as I want. Basically, at this point,
1: perfect. Uh, perfect kind of position to ask. What is your what's your standard caging? What do you do for babies up to adults?
2: I'm um, I'm I'm a rack person. Sorry, I'm about numbers. So, Shame on
3: you. I
2: know. I'm,
3: you monster. They're gonna
2: come. Just burn down my house. Uh, I, I have. What's your uh, address?
3: So we know where to go. <laughs>
2: I have display animals that have cages, and some of them are bio-active, yeah, yeah. and some are UVB. But the majority of my collection is in racks, and they do just fine. And I, yeah. you could probably like go on for twenty minutes about why I think that's still an acceptable way to house snakes safely yeah, and absolutely. comfortably. But I honestly like UVB. I've never noticed a difference. No color changes, no behavior changes. And I know people sing praises, but mm-hmm. I. I, they're, I, I don't mind giving it to them, but they don't seem to care. So,
3: yeah. some species, it's more important than others, I think. Yes, I'm that's tired of, true. I'm tired of the blanket statements as far as that whole argument. And it's become such a dead horse at this point. It's Yeah. It's,
2: yeah. I've had people like, man, explain to me how I'm a bad person for not doing bioactive in every tub. And I'm like, uh, how many forward flies are flying around right. your your room spreading crypto so who's a bad person now I don't know we could fight about this all day so yeah. husbandry is like what you want to do are the animals safe and okay and healthy and moving forward um, I would always love to offer them bigger enclosures but um, right now they're in racks I have a lot of them yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's one of
3: those you just gotta if the species calls for it, do that. Like, I'm not gonna keep my jans and I the same way I'm keeping corns, right? Yeah, because it's just not the same snake. It's completely you know, they're, they're apples to oranges. Like the, yeah, only, my... the only thing that's similar in them is that they're considered a rat snake. That's it.
2: <laughs> yeah, my climax almost never touched the ground, so um, I don't. Even though they're like a heavy bodied snake, also I don't. I like keeping them with a lot of vertical space because they yes. they remind me of a black rat snake in terms of. Yeah, but and I know corns are very similar. I'm not saying don't give them vertical space, but a corn like lodged into like the space of a I don't know, a bark on a tree. That's what a corn really wants to do. Is never never a corn
3: off the ground.
2: Yeah. They just want to be smashed as smushed as possible and then climb every once in a while. But uh yeah. you know, a big black rat snake, they'll like bask out in the open. They don't mm-hmm. care. They'll yeah. in a tree. They don't care.
1: Do you, uh, do you do ambient or do you do uh, designated hotspots?
2: So I do designated hotspots primarily. I do ambient if I have like too many babies because my yeah. Python room yeah. is you know 80, 82, whatever. Yeah. So I could run too many babies in little tubs. Um, I have the the sea serpents racks with the the tiny pencil case from yep. yeah, yeah. I've I got, have those just I for like, them, convenience, yeah. but. And I'm happy with how fast I can check and like drop feed and change waters. I how long do those
3: those typically last you is before you have to upgrade?
2: A couple months. It depends on how heavy you're feeding them, but you do have to do it eventually.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're using the pencil tubs uh, oof, and you're feeding weekly. months. Yeah. You're pushing three or four months and you've got... You, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're, like you're going to be...
2: You know, a corn fits just fine in an FE5, and they mm-hmm. have little cup holders, and it's really easy. And they do great with, you know, whatever your little climby structures you want to stick in there, it's fine.
1: The FE5 is comparable to the V18. 18, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what that's what I use. I use V18s for.
3: Kind yeah, of I have I'm vision stuff,
2: but whenever I can, I try to substitute the Freedom Breeder, so it has a cup holder. I love dedicated. those cup holders so yeah. much.
3: I have to use that type because I always, I I know Billy has a bunch and I've always, every time I see him, like, that feels like, seems like to me, like it would be a pain in the ass to be in the whale. Sometimes
2: they can like poo in the corners between the the cup, but you just have to have a bunch extra and you can sub them out and sanitize. I made these aluminum. Those things are freaking sweet. That's cool. You should sell that.
1: (laughs) I I make them uh, in the water bowl and then I can just throw the water bowls out and then it fits. It fits into the you know this in the little, same space, yeah. Little bear eye, and yeah, it fits in there. And yeah. Wow! Uh, yeah. And it's just, and they they and look, you can see him. He's like right here. They're always under it. Right. You can make it lower. You can make it higher. They're just always under it. It's awesome. Yeah, I need to make those and sell them or something, but I don't know how to sell stuff.
2: <laughs> Etsy.
3: Etsy. Yeah. yeah. Have you?
2: Do you watch? Do you know, either of you listen to a Reptile Entrepreneur podcast? Yes, yes. I've just Robert, had a, I
3: really been I that. C like, Y. I haven't watched that one yet.
2: Yeah, it's good. I love his podcast. Yeah. I'm like a podcast person. Clearly, I don't know if it's obvious. Listen to your podcast and Joe's and NPR. Even though I don't have carpets, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I listen to yeah. it. Yeah, it's great. Um, but uh, I l- love his like idea. He's finally like narrowing down. Like, what mm-hmm. are the ways you can? Set up a successful reptile business, and what how do we like dial that in?
3: Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, that's what I. That's kind of stuff I always want for the magazine is like stuff outside of just how we keep things. You know, like just other aspects of the hobby. You know, that that yeah. aren't talked about a whole lot. And,
1: and there's there's a lot of it, and it, and it's it's great now compared to the old days how things were done. With social media, we can reach out and literally just ask each other what's going right. on and how we're doing things. So let's talk a little bit about uh, crypto. We can kind of dip that into the Nido talk. Uh, I, I know that you're, a, you're a, uh, similar to me in the sense that we're very uh, big proponents of testing.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I said I lost all those boas to Arena.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If you go on my Discord, I have like a full description of how they died and when and how many. And mm. this was pre-testing, right? So this is 20... No, 2008... Before we actually had the publication on Arena, which was 2012. So, what would have saved those animals? Testing. Testing. So, what can I do to sort of manage and help the animals I have now? Well, it's called testing. Yeah. And just because corn snakes are easy and quite hardy doesn't mean we get to ignore them and ignore their diseases mm-hmm. of concern. So, yeah. crypto is the most obvious one. So I, I like to test everything on intake um, yep. and Morph Market's new ruling, like, woohoo, I'm going to like take shots. It's the best thing I've ever heard that like the standard store policy now is you have to opt out if you don't want to offer refunds for positive tests.
1: Oh, wow. I did not yeah. know that at all.
2: came out yesterday <laughs> and I was so excited, but guess how many like industry leaders didn't comment or like or talk about it? Yeah. None. I so, like, let's get excited about that, because this is like the way we can save countless people from a, an, another me happening again. Yeah. You know how many times people have to independently discover crypto in their colony before yeah. they are like, oh, somebody should have told me that this was more of a pressing issue.
1: And, and because the lack of, of awareness out there for that, you'll have species that will never show a sign of some of these viruses or, or uh, parasites. And we'll be just constant spreader, 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 yeah. spreader, spreader. And then it, it's it goes like wildfire. And you may not have a bunch of animals dying and regurging and right. being unhealthy uh, from it. Um, that's not necessarily the thing that happens. You can have animals that are not – I don't even know if it's stress every time. But you can have animals that are just all asymptomatic. You have a fully asymptomatic collection and be fine. Right. Uh, but that doesn't mean you won't spread it to somebody else that's going to have – have issues,
2: yeah. right? There are people, and I won't say anybody's names, but there are people who have positive adults, colubrids that they're managing, producing negative crypto negative babies because they're doing the stuff they needed to, like yeah no cross contamination, separate holding areas, gloves, forward fly control and maintenance because that's like mm-hmm. a big spreader, yeah. And they can still have a functioning collection if they're kings or one of the ones that are very tolerant of crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's not necessarily like a death kneel, just like Nido, but we can't proceed without understanding what's going on in our collection to begin with. Yeah. Um, hopefully everybody out there, if you're crypto curious, send me a message. I'll invite you to Discord. We talk about crypto and all these sort of diseases of concern all the time.
3: Yeah. I mean, crypto has become pretty much my biggest concern. Like Nido and stuff is one thing. And I know like there's a there's a corn version of nido
0: mm-hmm.
3: um and in talking to pia and and dr susan at, at fishhead you know they talk about how it seems rather benign in corns i don't know if that's been your experience but the way they explained it to me was like yeah you know corn seem to have it but they never seem to have any issues from it like right. it's just kind of there it doesn't seem to kill anything it just it just exists
2: right and that's like the terminal goal of a virus is to right. become right. so inert that like the, species, a, the host and the virus right. are like having fun together and they're sort of sympatric or whatever. But you would still want to know that, you know, let's say you decide to test whatever and you find out that your colony has a corn nido and you're like, okay, well I'll just not cross-contaminate between adults and babies. And so I can sell babies as clean because I haven't because mm-hmm. there's no vertical transmission. Right. So that's the, just like the goal. So be able like, to be aware of that. The other thing that like gives me like the heebie-jeebies we've seen like paramyxovirus getting into Mm -hmm. colubrids again Mm -hmm. it comes out of vipers and it gets into like mixed viper colubrid colonies (sighs) that one's tough and then the the related viruses that aren't nidovirus, but they're in the same sort of family like the guangdong mandarin rat snake virus that cause like colony collapses in china i think about that every day there's no good assay for it (laughs) (laughs) there's no good assay so i couldn't test for it even if i wanted to um but i have a lot of old world rats right now i'm looking at them they're looking at me and i'm like uh i don't know what to do with you so i just use gloves between species yeah that's like an easy step but uh, i don't know it gives me maybe and this is like you're Karen. You're complaining about stuff that's not a problem. You're like witch hunting, and I'm like, well, it feels that way until everything you have is dying, and then you're right, like, yeah, oh, right. the house is on fire. What do we do? Right. So I've done the everybody's dying part. I'm good. You don't get an that.
3: extinguisher until everything's ablaze. Yeah. 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 And, and it's a uh, man. Yeah. You're you're not wrong.
2: Right. It's hard to to get people to feel the urgency when you have felt the urgency mm-hmm. before they have been burned by the fire. It's like the it's
3: one of those lessons I think you, you only you only learn it until it's happened and then it's yeah, like okay, now know. it makes but sense.
2: it sucks. It sucks so bad. Yeah. I just like I get pictures of people's like ball pythons drooling like yeah from Nido sad. and that's like yeah. maybe Arena got in it, maybe Nido, it's who knows? You don't even know they're not gonna test. It's just like the whole colony's collapsing and it's nobody cares. See, I'm I'm of the of the position with all of it is
3: like if I'm not, noted, like, it's just kind of like me. Like, I'm not going to go to the doctor if I don't feel ill, if I feel fine. Like, if there's no reason for me to have any concern for me having to go to the doctor. I'm not just going to go to the doctor.
2: Right. And, but I you're mean, a, a monkey keeping snakes in boxes at, like, a density that's way higher than correct normal for their biology. So we got to do extra stuff for them because we're forcing them to be so dense and five species from three continents in the same room right sharing tongs I don't know that's how I try I am like people. I am
3: cognizant of cross-contamination and using like I have multiple tongs and I disinfect right. a lot and so I am like I do my best to mitigate these kinds of things but
2: that's like 90% Lauf- of the battle like testing Laufman is,
3: is Loughman's also said you know if you go looking for crypto in your collection, you're probably going to find it. Like it's you're going to find it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be there. And so, and I know this is a conversation that me and Billy and Casey, have you know, we've we've had a lot. And uh, I know Chris probably knows their position on it and stuff too. But oh yeah, I, it's it's kind of this in between of like, yes, be smart and pay attention to what you're doing and where you're putting things, and you know how you're working your collection and. Just being cognizant of the fact that there the potential for you to spread something is there, and forward fly control, like you said, is a big part of it. But then at the same time, if it's not if it ain't broke, there's no need to fix it.
2: But it's not yeah. broke until it is broke, <clears throat> you know, until it's, it's almost, already escalated.
3: It's that, yeah, it's it's a
2: yeah, it's it is incredibly hard, and there's yeah, always like 22. twelve stages of grief involved, no matter right. which way when it finally happens but because yeah. i was burnt i'm a- extra sensitive and to- i notice a lot of people that have like andy
3: middleton like he had he had a huge outbreak i think at nido and wiped out a lot of his snakes at one point point. and so of course he's extra cautious now p and yeah. same way they lost their entire collection or at least almost all of it and they're extra protective now and, and cautious and so it's i don't want to sound like i just don't test because you know i don't it doesn't exist. It's not in my collection. That's not the case at all. It's just one of those things where like I don't have if I have an animal and it's not sick or it's not having any issues, it's completely fine. It's eating. I have no reason to to wonder if there's something wrong with it. Then I'm-
1: I I think over time, specifically with the the, the, the animals we keep—rat snakes, you, uh, Justin, you with chondros—after uh, a long enough period of time, I think you'll have standout animals if if something like that was being spread. Where it's, it's mm-hmm. going to become oh, apparent. Yeah. Uh, I would just, yeah, I,
3: I gotta imagine. If a, a condor that's been eating rock solid for a, a year all of a sudden stops and isn't in a shed cycle or doesn't have anything else going on, that's when I'm like, there's a problem. There's something, something is not right because condors do not refuse food. Like it does not happen, you know, at least yeah. in my experience. And if they, if that's going. the first sign that something is off, if they refuse food and they're not, they're not shedding or anything like that, that's when you got to be worried. That's right. when I'm concerned at least.
2: The problem with, is- any of this like boas you know they almost like they're probably the infected rate is 20 30 percent for arena it's Mm -hmm. a lot depends on the collection and who you're testing and a lot of them seem okay ish but then if they get either multiple variants or golden gate like the most severe they tend to roll when they're gravid or much later so like you've invested five years to discover whatever mm-hmm. you could have discovered that on day one. Cause they're, they're infectious and producing viral particles that you could detect using QPCR yeah. from the beginning if yeah. you wanted to. So I'm just, I don't want to see any more snakes die for no reason. So I'm good. <laughs> um, I've been traumatized enough.
3: I don't. De- yeah. I just, I definitely see both sides of it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I think it ultimately it's going to be up to the the person keeping, you know, whether they want to, roll the dice or not, or, or, you know, ride that fence, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, it
2: does suck the fun right out of yeah, a lot of stuff
3: real bad, yeah. <laughs> like
2: transactions suck trying to buy stuff. you like, you like the phenotype. Do you like buy it and just don't mm-hmm. tell them you're going to test and just take the loss, which I do that a lot, Yeah, frankly, because they're not they're not so expensive that if I took the loss, it'd be fine, but it's still worth it to me to know uh it's crazy it's hard life's hard
1: yeah i you know part of my quarantine is i test everything that comes into my collection well 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 before it comes in uh specifically for crypto and uh so that's stage one of and, and, and man i i've i've had i have reached out to everybody that i've ever found found it in and it, it hasn't found it's 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 shocking how common it is and uh you know, some people were extremely, oh, I'm sorry. It was, uh, you know, let me, I'll give you your money back. Ship the animals mm-hmm. back to me. Don't even worry about it. And I had people that were like, yeah, you know, it's part of it. That's, yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and yeah, the, the, some animals I got from a show, uh, bought them off of, uh, mm-hmm. th- the table, you know, the table and, and had them. And I, I quarantined in a different room completely. And then I have two quarantine stages in there. I have a closet. That's where everything gets checked with gloves. Everything's clean with hydrogen peroxide. which so I do that anyways because I'm allergic to the entire fucking world. Um, and so, yeah. So, you know, I, I had I had some animals from that table, the one you know, and they both tested positive. And I was like, hey, guys, you know, uh, this this happened. Just giving you a heads up, something to, something to be aware of. And they kind of just were like, yeah, that doesn't matter. We don't care. And so got a hold of the the, the show uh the per- people running the show and 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 they did something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're if you're going to sell sick animals at a show, uh you should probably uh be trying harder to not do that so they, they won't as far mm-hmm. as I know they won't be vending uh, anymore. Yeah, so. and
3: I'm not against testing at all. You know, if someone wants to yeah. get a snake from me and they're like will you test it? Absolutely. Like no problem. Like oh, that's yeah. not a, that's not an yeah. issue. You know, it's just I do understand like Jake, you know, recently he had some Nido stuff and I know he was buying tests. I mean, he has a fairly decent sized collection. It's at least in carpets alone, and I know for months he was slowly buying tests and testing, which kind of sucks because with Nido, you know, in Morelia, you got to test every couple months and have consecutive negatives to sort of fully write something off as clean. Even though I don't think you can ever hundred percent write it off as clean. Um, and they're expensive tests. And they are expensive tests, and I think that's yeah. the that's the big the big hurdle for a lot of people is like, they have larger collections like we do. And now it's okay. Now you got a hundred animals and you got $60 a test. Um, and you have to do that probably a minimum of three times over the course of a year, you know, and yeah, like, big- why would I do that? You know, I understand the, the pay aspect of it. And if, if tests were cheaper, I have no doubt that people would, would do them a lot more. Like it would be much more of a standard. Yeah. I just,
2: Like if, if you're a new person and you want a corn snake and you're going to start doing corn snakes, you don't have any corn snakes, just start testing as they come in now. If you obviously have a collection that's older and you feel feel like it's stable and you're going to manage sort of new intakes as they come in or whatever, you know, whatever you got to do, but you're starting. It's okay to test and to ask sellers. Well now morph market Mm -hmm. is like making a thing. So whatever.
1: Yeah. And if, um, and if you're suspect of something, definitely test. You yeah, might back yeah. To quarantine tests. Yeah. And obviously,
2: regirds do not mean crypto right away. No, already. not no, at all. Yeah. No. So, like, some corn snakes will be like, "Oh no, it's too big," and then you know <laughs> they need a little break and some NutriBack. back. And yeah. that's not an immediate like death meal. You're fine, but yeah, it is. It there was like a f- post on the corn snake book on, or corn snake forum on Facebook, and they were everyone was accusing the person of not feeding the corn snake enough food. And it was clearly like the end stage of crypto, like emaciated with the bulging. Yeah. Sort of, and they're like, mm-hmm. you didn't feed it enough. You didn't feed it enough. And I'm like, why does 40 <laughs> people not know what crypto is? And they all have corn snakes. And maybe yeah. two people do. We're we're not doing a good job of, you know, even explaining what the symptoms are to a pet keeper yeah. to, to even be aware of.
1: And, and, you know, so many corn snakes come from these massive, mill style breeders that
3: they could literally care less right, right. and like, they po- they couldn't physically physically they couldn't possibly they catch could never it. do it they no, can't, they can't keep keep track of it and can't control it like there's right. no way they know exactly what's going on with every single one of those animals yeah when it's thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands going out the door it's it's literally
1: impossible
2: yeah uh, yeah i the only thing to do there is urge people if mm-hmm. you want to even get your kid a pet corn snake Still, so reach out to a boutique breeder. They have lower yeah. end, low price pet pet stuff. It's not even pet quality. It's a perfectly good snake. It's just a little bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's worth knowing that the parents were crypto negative and the, the owner was maybe like keeping the baby separately. It'll live a full life instead of rolling at three or four or five when the yeah. crypto finally wins.
1: See, I I, I uh, I keep my babies separate regardless. They're yeah. you know, they're they're usually they're in fact this year they were all in a different room. So that it's yeah. not even a, you know, a baby can't be, you cannot be born with it. it, it it's a, it's a parasite. Right. Uh, it, it has to be vectored to a, an animal somehow. That's usually through flies. I'm very blessed. We don't have Ford, or I don't have Ford flies. Uh, well, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. <And> it's, <laughs>
2: it's the worst. Yeah. And yeah. it's,
1: I, I, I don't, I just don't think they're very common here. Uh, maybe Good. it just gets too hot or something keeps uh-huh. keep your sure humidity has a lot to do with it. Yeah, it's super humid and it's super hot. Uh, but yeah, you know, through my gargs and all the other mm-hmm. geckos, the snakes, never, never had forward flies. Uh, but yeah, so you, you can, you can mitigate that as a, as a breeder, uh, as a collector, even if you just got a clutch of corn snakes, you know, you can gloves. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of, a lot of things you can do that and that you do two shows, three shows in a row on it.
3: You know what I mean? And just keep talking about uh cleanliness and, and, yeah and how active you could be on all of that yeah and that's after talking to pns and, and you know dr zach and stuff as much as i have over the last couple of years like i definitely don't go to shows as much as i used to yeah daytona is pretty much it at this point you know it's like if i go to you know one of the Reptagons or something in columbia you know i typically don't touch anything um usually don't even really buy anything honestly yeah but- That's a tough one. I just, I'm, I, they've, I've heard enough from other people, you know, that have gone through what Jessica's gone through, what Chris went through to, to be very cautious. (laughs) Yes. Not, not, not scared. it's a healthy fear. It's not like a paranoia, but it's definitely like being very cognizant of what's going on, you know, in the room with the tools, cleaning stuff, you know, that, that kind of thing. So
2: Kendra brought her, uh, uh. Oh, my gosh. She brought, I don't know why I can think of it, the big black python that's really cold. Apodorus. No. Uh, Bolans. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I'm not usually this special needs. But she brought it to the show, and people were holding it, and I was looking at it, and I was like, that's nice. And I'm like, I'm not going to be the person to give that snake whatever from whatever. So I, like choose not to hold mm-hmm. stuff just for fun just because it's the best looking snake you've ever seen. Cause yeah. you're trying to preserve yeah. the, the sanitation yeah. between the tables. Like I touched doorknobs, went to the bathroom, who knows mm-hmm. what was on my hands. Even if I sanitized them, crypto doesn't care about hand sanitizer. So like yeah. I didn't have gloves with me and neither did she. So I don't, so I'm actually was, vending next weekend and I'm traumatized by it, but I'm making everyone wear gloves. <laughs> so
3: what was the, what's the process as far as testing for crypto? Like who have you been using? What do you, I've been do you using
2: usually do? Raw Labs, about DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, they can do a full panel, so for fairness and serpentis or whatever the two yeah. species, and that's pretty cheap. And it doesn't have to be overnighted because it's not uh, RNA; it's DNA. Um, so you can just find a, a fresh tool, turn the swab in it, label it, store it in your refrigerator. It doesn't smell too bad, and just collect samples, and then I'll just send it in. Either when I'm doing a a nido or Mm -hmm. or arena for uh, the other parts of my collection, or I'll just sort of send it standard mail and then you get results emailed back to you. And I do, obviously you still kind of want to recheck because you can have false negatives as usual. Um,
3: and how many, how many times are you usually testing a single animal in like a given year?
2: I would say you should probably be at least prophylactically testing some portion of your collection, uh, for all the time. Forever. Okay. Like, that's just part of what mm-hmm. you can test them on intake, but if they're not, whatever. And if you test them out of quarantine, yeah. whatever, you need the biohazard safety to keep everybody clean. <clears throat> but then you need to check people like when they come up from brumation, because that's like a time when maybe their immune system's a little soft. Mm-hmm. So you could catch it before like breeding. So I just like find a turd. And I'm like, that's a nice turd. And I'll just, then I'll <laughs> throw that in my bin or in my bag for uh, NIDO or arena testing as it is already. Because it can store. I don't have to overnight it. I can just let sit on it.
1: Yeah. So one one thing with my testing, I always test new animals, obviously in quarantine. And then once they're in, you know, I I I don't. I won't test multiple times before they're in the collection. But it's going to be so long before they're in the collection. You know what I mean? Unless that's the other thing is like, there's a tough part of this doing breeding loans. you know, I'll, I'll ship an animal to somebody. Uh, I've got buddies locally. Um, there's always going to be little things that can be a new vector. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send Justin a snake. I think we're going to do a little breeding loan this year. Uh, there's a local guy that I, that I'll swap snakes with. He'll, he'll breed some alterna or he'll pair this up or he'll pair that up. Or, and so it's, you just got always going to be, it's going to be in the back of your mind. You know, it's something that we gotta, we gotta think about it's, you know, and then, then kind of treat that animal as, as you know, uh now that's that that's a that's something i'm gonna need to keep an eye on and and make sure i'm wearing my gloves which which is usually a good idea and and, and go from there so it's yeah 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 it's
2: always okay to make a new cohort of whatever like this breeding group or this set that went to the show and came back or this set that were babies that are to be sold and this set of babies that are to be held back because then you're just putting more firewalls yeah for for everything including things we can't test for Like, obviously, we do not have a full understanding of reptile health and Mm -hmm. diseases. So any sort of firewalls you're building in and so the risk management of, like, sending out breeding loans, it's obviously there. But we can we can protect against that as long as we aren't doing something really dumb, like using a shared cleaning tub and not sanitizing between it. Just putting everybody in there. Please don't do that. Oh, Oh my god! You see how many people with like ball pythons that are worth
3: herd immunity? Two hundred
2: fifty thousand, and they're all just all in the same shared bin. I'm just like, stop! <laughs> I've never seen such embarrassing behavior. <laughs> <sighs> ball
1: well, uh, ball python people. Ball pythons are great. They're awesome. I love nervous. ball
2: pythons. It's a third of my collection, but yeah, the third that's the most needs the most handholding in terms of like
1: <laughs> disease
2: prevention and what we need to do to keep snakes alive to so ball python people
1: <laughs> i like how i like how ball python people is just like a statement that we all it's like it's like florida man ball python people
2: <laughs> i and i i don't know like i come from boa so like i think of myself as a boa person but yeah you look at my feed it's sort of like mostly ball pythons and corn, and corn snakes now colubrids so i don't know what i am now but i am a a pro-biohazard safety person. That's what I self-identify <laughs> as now. You're, you're, you're a hobbyist.
1: Yeah. Uh. Well, what are your plans? What do you got in brumation right now? What are your plans? Yeah, Plan pairings for next year?
3: What was the focus for this year? Oh, and yeah. What just, was this year? Let's, it
2: was mostly sorry. just to make corn snakes. Uh, I just had two <laughs> pairings, and they were the same sire. Some Miami stuff, and then some, like... A motley that was pet for six things to test the sender father. So, like, lavender, she was had lavender, sun kissed, caramel, potentially, amel potentially. She was a visual motley. She was Paws head annery. So, like, I was just testing him yeah. for that before we move forward. And he didn't, it actually didn't hit on anything, which I was surprised by. Like, that's sort of like a world record to not have had a secret something come through. <laughs> With corn snakes because they're all recessive, pretty much. Yeah. No, this year it's mostly uh, lots of Miami. I mean, I'm just be honest. It's like a trillion Miamis and Miami to Miami pairings with no Cinder to like assist, so I could have like a good look at the phenotype without Cinder assist. Sure. And pick the best, nicest ones from there. There was a lot of. I did get that Shatter, so he'll be going to stuff to sell Miami lineage but also head so you could be working sort of the morph side, but still have the phenotype from there. Um, I did get two of Joe's honeys. I don't know if anybody knows this, but two of the honeys I have are from Joe. So they're like the old style, not Miami. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to probably take those the way Joe had said he wanted to and like increase the border sides. So I'm going to breed them to, so I don't know if it's like, I don't know too ballsy of me, but I'm not going to recreate what Walter did, but do another Walter like pairing, but from a different side. So a different Miami Okatee to the honey to make okay. completely unrelated from the JT Walter sort of Miami or honey stock. I have, it'll be Miami, but from a different lineage. So they could come back together and I wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily be inbreeding that bad. Cause I do have a lot of his stuff as it is.
0: Yeah.
3: Um freaking Miami Tessera you posted or just got the other day just that hurts my feelings.
2: It's so nice. It hurts my feelings it's and I like, bought I it. My God. <laughs> I, know. I that was Carol. Carol's been doing God's work and when nobody knows it. Get yeah. Carol on quick. <laughs>
1: yeah, she's amazing. She's yeah, she's really I, put out some amazing animals.
2: And they're they're good because they're they're gonna stay quite ruby red as adults. <laughs> Her adult stock is very good. So I'm, I want—I don't want to repeat what Carol is doing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I want to do my own thing. But she, she has such a good base. And it's twenty years of work. Why would you sort of re- remake the wheel when the wheel right. already exists and it's right. perfect? So take yeah. that wheel and put it on a different car. You know, a different morph. I'm looking forward to like—I don't have any yet, but I want to put Castagna into Miami. Yeah.
0: Because
2: that's a color variant that we don't quite have, and you mm-hmm. could do so. We could probably really work it hard because the heads are quite orange and the body fades out a bunch.
0: So yeah, if you could keep
2: cool. an orange head but have like a, almost a Miami base. I don't know. They look. They remind me of fox snakes when they're very good. Yeah. And so it's and like and you can recreate a fox a, snake.
1: That was an overseas line that was just worked on and worked on and worked on over there. And then it kind of got here. And and yeah, kind of oh, yeah. only a couple people really ever worked with them, right?
2: Yeah. And, I, and Steve Roylance. Has a bunch. He put up some lava ones. that looked insane. I don't even... Uh-oh. Oh, no. We lost Chris. He'll be back. Yeah, and that's something I think we need to start doing, is take Miami. We know what Walter did. It was great. Put that phenotype into other recessive morphs. See how we can play, play them up. Mm-hmm. Take Oak tea. put it into other morphs, see how yeah. we can work it up.
3: That's what I want to do with the locality <laughs> stuff I have, is just plug it into some I mean, keep doing it, but then plugging it also into some of the oh, other yeah. stuff I have that's morph-wise and see what happens.
1: Just see where it goes, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely really, really, really neat to, to be looking at it that way and not just be, I, I'm going for this morph or I'm trying to generate this first five gene,
3: you know. Oh, no, man, for me, it's just like when I was breeding it's like take stuff yeah. from two opposite ends of the color spectrum and put them together and see what happens, you know, just... Mm-hmm. No real plans. I mean, there's obviously that Honey Motley and that Honey Tesser from JT. Like, I want to put those together eventually. And, you know, so I do have clear-cut things that I do intend on playing with down the line when they're old enough. But it's, yeah. you know, your locality stuff also being able to toy around with with that and, and see what happens. You know, just having fun with it, you know? Yeah, absolutely.
2: The only thing I'm concerned about is, like, how... Since a lot of people are getting into corns, including me, like, how stable like low end prices of like a pet quality. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't sold them at shows yet, but that's part of why I'm going to a show is I haven't moved, you know, the stuff that's normal anyway, that quickly. So I sort of need to, to vend shows. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. Like I might change my tune on having seven Miami pairings or whatever it is this year. There's mm-hmm. Miami to Miami. That might be too many uh, for my like local market to
3: absorb. If they don't see that crap and not appreciate it, then they're they're out of their mind anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's just
2: like a baby bard It looks like a little brown turd for a long time, and it takes yeah. like six months to to really sort of take off. It looks better on like Instagram mm-hmm. um, yeah. than it does on a table.
3: That's what Chris was saying about caramels. Yeah. Don't know, those don't look like Car- much, and then over time they just get better
1: and better and better. Mm-hmm. The, the first like four to six months of a caramel's life, it kind of sucks. And then all <laughs> of a sudden you look in your tub, and you're like, wow, what an yeah. animal. Well, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the you know, I, I kind of I see where you're at uh talking about that kind of what we may call the lower end spectrum of of, of producing porns. I produced a lot of like amels, ultramels, anneries, and then all those versions with Tessera this year, I didn't I didn't produce anything that was like I produced a couple of like really oddities or maybe like high 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 count morphs or something more sought after. And you know what sold the best, and what it was easy to get rid of at shows, and what—and I say get rid of it's not the not the proper term because we still vet and we still talk to people and we still make sure they know what they're doing. man uh, albinos, normal corns, yeah. uh andries—you know, sixty bucks, seventy-five bucks, eighty bucks—but people were so happy to have them and, and buy them. And they're oh, this is going to be my first snake, or oh, I've got two, and this is number three, and, and so so yeah, there's there's that that colubrid passion is definitely yeah. Uh, coming back
2: yeah i just i can remember when normals were twelve fifty and amls were 15 and snows were 20 so like yeah. that was not a <laughs> yeah. good time that's below the cost of production so yes i don't necessarily want to see that again but i also don't want to flood my own local market because most people don't want to ship you know a 70 dollar yeah tank. when
3: shipping costs more or the same as the animal itself. yeah people so i have
2: it, to be cognizant of like tempering my own absurd desire to have an endless stream of Miamis falling over me at all times (laughs) with, like, reality, which is maybe I can't sell that many. So I have to have morph combos in there, too, because that'll punch up the look. That's when you just
3: message me and I trade you some bears. All
2: right, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, I... Third Eye Reptiles, or whatever the company is, that was around when I was uh, starting, coming up. So, like, he had Climax, he had Great Bards, (laughs) from He had great mm-hmm. everything. And that's why I have uh, a lot of the collection I do now cuz that like website permanently damaged me as a 15 year old or whatever. <laughs> that's <laughs> I awesome. think a,
3: a lot of the appeal at least for me with Tim and his stuff is there's just such a mystique about it. Like you really don't know anything about him, but he's producing just insane stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's had not the same out there. white
2: website for Right.
3: Like he's not you don't know I don't know. There's just something about him and sort of him, just sort of being in the in the background. He's like Gandalf. He's like the flight. White yeah. Wizard. He
2: went off to fight a Balrog. He's come back. Uh, then he has great great snakes. He There's has those
3: the, on those those head anery yeah. beards. Yeah, we got, got head anery beards. Those are freaking rocking yeah. and rolling, man. Those That's exciting. Monsters.
1: That's gonna be an awesome thing.
3: Uh, he
1: he has that ghost line of stripes, The stripe ghost line, and he's got it down to where he's just producing ghost stripes. It's like yeah, those are those are real badass i think that's a good way to do it too you know when people are starting to want to do projects you can pick a couple key animals that you really like let's Mm -hmm. say you know you just really like shatters and 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 you 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 could buy the ingredients to make a shatter and then you're going to have some animals that might you know you're going to sell that might be tough to sell you're going to have heads Mm -hmm. Uh, or you could wait and just get a pair of the animals that you really want and then produce just Straight that, which is really cool too. There's so many different ways to do it. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm.
2: I think that's how I think Joe ended up in the end. Like he'd always yeah. do honey to honey because he knew he could sell honey. So he just made yeah. a trillion honeys and he could selectively breed the best honey of whatever phenotype he wanted. So, the, and that's what I guess most of the big people do. They'll like have trios based on a morph, not the combos. But mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for like picking the diamonds in the rough and Finding unexpected phenotypes. So, like, I'm yeah. gonna waste so much money just breeding normals. It's gonna be <laughs> the best. Well, what's I, I, your
3: What's your thoughts on the on that? What is it? The weirdo stuff that VMS has.
2: I don't know. I don't know. It looks so. It looks. It does look interesting. I I don't know if it looks interesting enough to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I don't know what that means. Uh, the phenotypes that have like come and gone are. Like remember those stripes that were the, they weren't cubed anymore. The cube had become an X. I want to know where that animal went. Like that was the, one of the weird phenotypes of a morph that we should like find yeah. and like double mm-hmm. down on. Let's go find that quick. Cause like I saw that on Facebook and I'm like, why, why are we bringing this, <laughs> bring that. So you can find that in lots of things. I'm not sure what morph is affecting his weirdo line yeah. or if it's monogenic or polygenic. It does look yeah. interesting. I'm just not sh- sure.
1: There's a, you know, remember back in the day, Hurricane Motley's were like mm. a thing. You could yeah. get Hurricane Motley. And then now you, you could get Motley's, but a lot of your Motley's have so much of that full pinstripe Motley look where it's right. not a stripe, it's still a Motley, but it, it kind of has gone damn near looks like a Tessera. Right. Um, I and and it is, and yeah, I, I, yeah I, pr- I produce a couple every year and, and I've got a bunch still. Uh, but that's, you know, this this email uh, that I have, Uh, this AML Motley that I'll be pairing up this year. She's like a perfect hurricane, just the dots down her back. You know what I mean? And it's, it's,
3: there's stuff like that out there that
2: people
1: forget about.
3: Yeah. My dad had a lavender Motley at one point that was very much sort of like that hurricane look. And it was, that was one of the coolest snakes I think we had. It was just unbelievable.
2: It's almost, it's like with any snake, if you make a nice example of it and you promote it well, you can restart a whole, Mm -hmm. A whole lineage of people who are excited about yeah. that thing again. You just have to show it off, and a lot of our colubrid old timers aren't that good about, um you know, bothering with social media as much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like they're busy doing life; they're living. They don't care. So, like, that's cool. But like, someone needs to steal their their buy their stuff, and then be like, "Look, this old dude in a basement on fauna, he's got whatever." And now you know. And um that's what i'm trying to do on instagram also because yeah. i didn't so... breed it most of these miamis other people did and they did great thank you yeah
1: that's starting with good stock starting yeah. with good looking animals is a great place yes. to be uh appropriately priced good looking animals is just so rare because people you, you know people will go out of their way to get something with an extra gene in it or het for something else or het scales or something and then not have the best example that they could have of that animal. Uh, yeah. So, yeah.
3: So, do yeah, you scaleless guys. This
2: is a nightmare, also. I'll just weigh it, in on that.
3: In what In what way?
2: It's just ugly. I've never seen <laughs> such an animal it's so gross. Wait, <laughs> what, what'd, you, what'd you say was ugly? I was scaleless. Oh, scaleless. I'm glad that they like have belly scutes and they can breed. But that's about their only features that are good. I mean, frankly,
3: I'm, I'm surprised they've become as popular as they are. Because to me, like, the whole point we're keeping reptiles is, like, they're scaled. Like, they're...
2: Yeah, or their faces don't like, like, Muppet penises. That or whatever, too. You know? <laughs> like, there's a benefit there. I described
3: that way, but it's accurate.
2: Trust me, man. That's what it, I look at. It, I'm like, oh, No
1: that's that's just, you know it's the it's the polarizing snake if there ever was one
2: i know and some people love the weird like floppy lipped look and like yeah. they're like it's a fun look and i go for it i'm good like pattern
3: wise they look cool
2: like i like yeah. the sort of
3: a velvety look but it's just anything scaleless i I really i have zero desire I, to keep any of it it just it's like once again it's a snake i appreciate it for being yeah. a snake but it's like what's wh- why the micro scales people, are
2: better. I'm for people with more... scales
3: bearded dragons, and they have to like rub them down with lotion and stuff regularly. It's like, why? <laughs> the, Need to get that jergens out. Yeah. The, there, there's,
1: I, I mean, I see the, I see the scales corn snakes, and I'm like, wow, they're beautiful. I really do. There's some of the albinos because of the way the color saturation works without the scales, yeah. yeah, it's like gorgeous. But yeah, there's something about it. It seems unnatural to me. You know what I mean? Uh, it's there's something there that's the, the thing is missing that that I liked mm-hmm. and, and see I go as far as I really like keeled scale snakes so it's like even one more step derivative of that yeah. so I don't know I, I think you know I want to I, I do hope that at some point we get somebody on that's like a scaleless person right like and they, and they okay, I, I want to hear why I want to hear their side of it and why why they've decided that that's the, the path Caitlin
2: the, Roy Rice she breeds a lot of stuff she yeah. isn't scaleless and uh, palmetto yeah i just go into
3: daytona you know there was just there was it was if they had corns on the table you'd be hard pressed to not see at least one scale in that mix somewhere
2: yeah it's an easy way to bump up the price to like almost yeah. anything and i and I, i'm sort of worried and this is like a stupid worry that like because of how people breed corn snakes i'm gonna get head scaleless, and you're gonna my pop out of selection, and then I'll have to decide <laughs> what to do with it. What if I love Fall it? In. And then I have this weird feeling of <laughs> <and> I'm conflicted, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, I love it, but this it's is my bastard love- child, yeah. That might <laughs> yeah. happen, and I'm I'll accept that if it's that my special boy,
1: yeah. I, uh, I've never seen one in person, I don't know why. I just it's literally never happened. I've never seen the scaleless thing, like really. Yeah, I do. I've been to a million shows, I don't
3: know, dude. Go to Daytona, they're everywhere. Well, like, I mean, half yeah. of Weisler's table scaleless stuff. That's, I, I do plan on
1: being at Daytona, uh, August next year. Me yeah. better. I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm coming this year. I gotta make it.
2: I just Is wish there, there was a cheaper or like a better way to like bump the price up of a corn besides make it defective palmetto, slash <laughs> scaleless,
3: besides break it. Tessera, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can well, put Tess- Tessera's sort
2: of, but Tessera's fallen so far down the, the rabbit hole. It's only like 25 or 50 dollars more than yeah. the same, whatever, but like. If golden can ever make it out and is actually a viable morph, maybe that mm-hmm. will be it. I'd be happy to to work golden to see what we can do with it.
3: What's the What's the story there? Because I'm unfamiliar with that.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know which part do you want, like the yeah, bad part or the there, good
3: part. There's a lot of interesting.
1: That's a That's an interesting one.
2: That's a. It, <laughs> what's it
1: supposed to be? Uh, like, what is it? It's a, it looks it's a, like
2: caramel, but it's not. And okay. it was
1: originally found in caramels,
0: right?
2: Well, they tested it against a caramel. I think it was Wildcott or a pet store or something. Okay. They tested the caramel. So the originals were all 100% had caramel, 100% had golden. And so they have been trying to get away from caramel get to prove the golden. And like the originals died and multiple them. clutches have failed. It's moved from person to person.
1: Hmm. The, the project has changed hands a ton. Yeah. Uh. And
2: then. It, Sarah had it. Sarah Moore of mm-hmm. Sarah Snake Shop fame. She sold it to Travis Whistler. Weisler. I see mm-hmm. Whistler in my head, but I don't know. So he has it now. He's produced visuals. Um, I has he sold any? Do you know if he's sold I any? I don't know. Yeah.
1: I, I the 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 morph looks. It's somewhere between a Castagna and a caramel to me. That's what it looks. Yes. That's that's what I I see a very. Uh, It's 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 pretty. It's it's got this neat. uh, It doesn't
2: seem to fight borders as much as caramel does. So like that would be a benefit. You could have like a, a you know a a bee colored snake that's big black borders, yellow, Mm -hmm. white. You could you could do that with golden and because caramel just seems to fight borders more, just like a hypo type A does.
1: It's man, and you know there's so many little things in this hobby of just corn snakes that we don't even realize are no there's it's crazy co- compounded morphs within morphs that we just think of how many things up. have
2: been forgotten yeah before we even got to it
1: oh, and then we man. have to
2: relearn it because we didn't pay attention enough there was no internet to it's, record
1: just <laughs> repeating history yeah yeah it, it's it's so so you know the things that people thought were morphs that weren't or Uh, little tag on adders that people had you know not not everybody remembers sunkist used to be a a, almost damn near considered fatal because it had the uh stargazer on it and and, and people were like oh yeah this one doesn't have stargazer literally kathy love figured out and and bred that completely out of that line right right? yeah that's
2: That's something we still need though is a like a pcr stargazer test because we still yeah. have heads floating around we just yeah, have gotten most there. of them out so most people don't keep a stargazer head yeah. to test anymore because it's not common enough but yeah. if we had a test we could just like double check i would yeah. gladly pay $25 snake to just make sure nobody was a stargazer head
1: i i believe with the stargazer in in hatchlings it uh it's pretty apparent and they don't make it usually
2: right if, but if I, I, I just want to know the what stories, an adult yeah. isn't if you wants to know ahead so of I'm time oh yeah yeah, 50% oh, yeah cost sure, all yeah. the time yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's nuts and I never no, yeah, I've never yeah, i heard of
2: people hitting it r- somewhat recently within the last couple of years so it is much really? less common but it's still around and it's still around like the boutique part of the market not just the, the I don't but know wholesaler w-
1: we're also the ones that if we got a hold of a snake that was like 20 years old that had you know this is from this original line we'd be like so excited about it because we yeah. remember the history of stuff like that treasure treasure
2: treasure and I think, and this is true for a lot of species. I think there are more monogenic traits mixed into the polygenic than we have figured out yet. So it might take a lot of work, but uh, like ball pythons have, or look like nothing in Africa, but somehow yeah. there are three hundred monogenic yeah. base genes.
3: <laughs> Wild,
2: you know, the corn no. snake whole ra- range is much bigger. <laughs> Yeah. And they are much more polygenically variable. So within every locality, there are probably, you know, four or five monogenic genes that you could select for and figure out. And a lot of them are probably incomplete dominant, like mask. Um, So there's a lot of work to be done. You just have to take the time to stare at them long enough to yeah. figure out. And they, it might not be like a commercially that important morph, but I bet you there are because some of <laughs> them come out and they're yeah. like, Almost IMG looking in the wild, so you could either select for it or it might even be incomplete dominant. I've seen stuff rolling out of the, the bushes in Virginia that's really dark. like It's real grungy, but you're like, well, there's your morph. You can be selectively breeding that right, right. away. Yep. The stuff from West Virginia looks like a, a turd, but it's really dark, so you could breed Extrapolate
3: that. on that, yeah.
2: Absolutely. And I mean, find the monogenic morphs within it, too.
1: And there's even animals all the way far north as the pine barrens, right? I mean, there's yeah. there's there's stuff. There's a lot. There's a lot, and they're all like you said. There's a lot of little differences in there. I got some North Carolina uh, mountain corn snakes that are just like totally different than everything. Right. Mm-hmm. It don't even
3: look. I think Mike has. I don't know if they're the same same kind that you're talking about, but Mike has <laughs> some that are really cool. That if he ever produces some of those, I'm gonna get my hands on some. Mike, uh, Chris Montrose,
1: and I think now Jake has some. Uh, they're all from the North Carolina. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I don't remember. All he probably did. He bought everything.
3: Yeah, that's why I'm. That's why I can't remember because he's he's gone so crazy. Yeah. Um,
1: well, what about this? Are there any morphs that you're trying to get in your collection that you don't have? Any groups of or animal animals expressing them?
2: I I mentioned Castania. I yeah. think Castania is a sleeper all day, especially the European stuff that's been selectively bred oh yeah heavy i i think there's a lot of stuff to be done there i have a couple lava animals and ultramel animals and obviously they're sort of the same idea but the lava seems different and i don't Mm -hmm. know why or what's happening because sometimes they almost look calico like they'll like reflect the black in a very particular way that ultramel does not do where it's like universally sort of purpley gray uh, let's lava all the things as of right now. Uh, yeah. That seems like a good idea. Like lava in too many genes isn't that great because it's a white snake anyway. But a lava in like a high red with like a red coat mm-hmm. is a really tremendous looking animal. So I'm looking into that. I know I like gray snakes, but I definitely will get more sort of classes of animals. Like a, I want like 30 extreme okatees because I know... <laughs> I need to extreme Okotee all the things. Like I want to take a buckskin, make a buckskin out of my own Miamis and like come back again Mm -hmm. to to double down on the the borders. Because you almost Mm -hmm. can't. It's better to like try it again with an Okotee than to like try to pick the borders a little bit bigger within a low border Mm -hmm. animal. Because you're not going to find the genes. You need to go find the recessive genes because it's probably not in there anyway. So I have to remake buckskins out of my own Miami stock to bring back. So that's... Jake did
3: get a pair of those at Daytona, and from uh, I think it was from Tony D. And oh my God, those things are those are badass. Oh. Yeah,
2: they're they're cool even in themselves. You could spend the rest of your life making mm-hmm. buckskins like better or high, higher black or whatever. But if you want to bring it back into Miami and make it bold again, um, you need to at least make a buckskin to bring it back and then pull the color out. So that's, and that's sort of boring. We like already talked about, but we'll see what happens. I yeah. might just go buy a specter right now and bring it to Miami and just get, get rid of the annery. Cause that was, I don't know. Specters are really tremendous. But like if you yeah. could bring the color back in, it would be like, yeah, I don't know. just washed like out like bullseyes or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's like the, uh, well, not very similar, but, but in the same vein, the old Aztec and, and the, the, mm-hmm. the Non-necessarily traceable or non-non right. non, uh, tradable genetic pattern mutations. I love those animals. I've got a couple you know Aztec zigzag, you know, call it what you want. Uh, and you know, there you don't you don't get hets, and you don't always breed them to something and get a whole bunch more. It's it's kind of annoying. Those are those are weird. I've seen people breed uh, Aztec to Aztec and get absolutely all of normal babies, <laughs> and it's it's just maybe it's two different lineages. I don't right. know.
2: Have you seen like the solid like red back? Yeah. It's like an Aztec type sort of because it's polygenic too. I think those ones look interesting to me because they're almost like looking like a milk snake or something.
0: Yeah.
1: They're kind of um, weird.
2: Yeah. I I the, I think the next like more fish that I want and I need it as soon as possible is milk snake face because it's not around anymore. And you can slap that on to like a Miami Oka tea, and it's better because it's just more pattern and more um border. And I, like, sometimes I look at my stuff and I'm like, if we just had, like, three or four more blotches, this would be a perfect snake. Like, if you added, like, size or a yeah. number of blotches, you would be able to do a lot. So, yeah, I, and I think and there's, like, one on Morph Market now, and it's from Caitlin Roy Rice, and that's, that's it. So no one is, I know JT is has some sort of milk snake features. He's trying to accentuate yeah. in his Miami stock. But if somebody was like, I'm going to be the milk snake person.
1: Yeah. You Those could are bad Yeah. A lot, a lot of people haven't seen them have that rad blushing in the, in the, in the center. And, and yeah, they yeah, you they're can go cool. both
2: ways, like super saturated, unsaturated, big border, no border. It's, it's a free it's for all. Lot. There's, There's just, so much stuff for anybody to pick up a couple of quality animals and have like a, a ton of fun.
1: It, it's kind of hard to even imagine that just getting it all done in one lifetime. I
0: know. <laughs> and, it,
1: and it's You know what I mean? I'm, i yeah. you know, I, I'm, you know, I look at, I'm, I'm about to be 37 and i'm like you know how many more things can i do in the next you know 30 years right. or whatever where i'm really pushing a breed and it's well 30 years that's only 10 generations i better you know what i mean get started now and, and keep keep moving on it but that's that why you need fun. people to
2: help you because they'll be like running you know complementary pro- projects yeah. and if they make like the better version of what you yeah. need you'll be like you'll have more attempts at the same sort of phenotype yeah, that's mind. why, like, I don't know. We're, we're all standing on the, the shoulders of Giants here. Yeah. I'm so excited. Good job. Yeah, it's everybody.
1: awesome. We, we hit the right generation of uh, uh, gener- time to be in this. It's, like, so mm-hmm. perfect. Uh, I talked about I, that with Bill Bradley. Uh, it's just the, the best time to be in this hobby.
2: Yeah, I know Joe doesn't think it, but he obviously made <laughs> everyone like Corn Snakes. Yeah. By yeah. the way, Joe, are you listening? Like, that's... Part of why I was like, yeah, we better get back in. We got to get back in. Yeah. Because it's exciting again. And people will pay more than $20 for it. So it's like yeah. worth the cost of shipping it and the cost of production. And you can still <clears throat> make people excited about North American colubrids again. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Wherever That's, you are.
1: You know, you know, when when I met Joe uh, and kind of got turned on to his podcast, it was kind of when he had first started, maybe within that first year. And I'm out here hoarding, you know, Pichuophus, you know, species by species, because I'm like, these are the best. And 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 good argument, they actually are the best. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm listening, I'm like, man, I, I do love corn snakes, and I did always love corn snakes, and I, and I had some, and I was like, oh, man, I should get that. And then just people talking about these genes that you hadn't even heard of or never even really focused on, uh, getting Justin and, and hearing him just go on and on and on about, about uh, candy canes. And how much you love them and the damn you I go back and you look cans. at those you, you you google candy cane corn snake right it's not what you're seeing in your social media feed every day it's not what you're hearing on a podcast every day go google that that set of words you pull it up and you're like oh my god it's just that high are,
3: white man yeah these That's are these are well. these are gorgeous uh yeah, like here's candy, a. Katie like those... saw that candy cane tester I got at Daytona, and she was like, "Oh my god!" She's like, "What is that?" I was like, "That's a corn." She's like, "Really?" Because she's just seen the, the locality ones that have. Yeah. My 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 local group. I was like, "That's a corn." She's like, "What?"
2: Yeah, people just forgot what a corn could be somehow yeah. in the last twenty years, but like, people were Joe and other people are are sort of leading the charge, and yeah. Instagram is leading the charge. Like, I don't know if anybody noticed or care, but I noticed that. Or like posts get more likes than any other class of animal that I post pictures of. Yeah. I wonder what that awesome. means. Yeah. It's so basically.
1: What, one thing I'm working on. I'm going to show you real quick. Uh, a long time ago, somebody posted a picture and I got to find it of an Ultramel Tessera that was super high red. So I had this really cool, super high red female and That's... I started making Ultramel Tesseras and I have held a couple back, but this one's like by far the best. one. The thing that sucks is getting. I don't, Do you I, I don't think know. it
2: has red coat and or red factor and or any other red? It uh, almost modifying gene in it. It's has hard to, to say.
1: Have red coat because okay. everything from that lineage, and there's a chance that it's sun kissed also because that animal was sold the the mom to that. So I have the dad. I have all the genetics of the dad. The mom to that snake passed away uh, this year, which fucking sucks. But I have animals from that clutch and animals from her, her second clutch still. Um, she was sold like 15 years ago as a fire. She absolutely was not a diffused amel. She was what I thought. And she had a really blown out pattern, uh, but it definitely wasn't diffused. She still had, is she uh, a
2: super mask?
1: I don't, there's no mask. Uh, okay. Uh, but I thought, cause that's, that's the other thing. I was like, maybe it's mask. Uh, it looked like Sunkissed. It looked like AML sunkissed. <laughs> uh, But she was so red, and every one of her babies came out red, 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 red. Um, So I know where almost all of the animals have ended up, too. They've gone to a lot of friends. I got a local buddy that's got six from the six animals from the first clutch, actually. So I'm going to keep like that's one of those things. I'm going to keep working that in. The thing that sucks about the ultramel is you can never have a clutch of Ultramels, right? You can only ever have people should
2: probably start breeding for homozygous ultra.
1: Yeah. Which no,
2: just to have as like a.
1: Uh, like a, a, a guaranteed
2: ultra male, Yeah. Yeah. And then you could test cross. So like, I, I don't know why people don't sell them with that benefit, but yeah. uh,
1: you, you never heard, heard a hear tip of like a for... ultra being paired to anything. Right. Like where's, right. where's your ultra charcoal? I've never seen it. And it, and it's kind of a, nah, that's one of those ones. that's always kind of bugged me. Cause I don't know. Maybe it's just not visual or not as visual, I suppose.
2: Uh, I heard, I've out. heard that they are slightly darker than an ultra mel, but they're yeah. still ultra mel looking. But I think just for like breeding purposes, having a homozygous ultra mel is much more powerful. So then you yeah. could run it to whatever and you're guaranteed ultra males all the time.
1: Yeah. 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 So that's exciting. Anyways, they're all exciting. I want them all. I just want to keep everything.
2: Do you guys prefer to
3: put more emphasis on the, on like when you're picking something out to, to put into a project? Prefer to pick out males over females or females over males.
2: What stage in the project are you? Are you like at the beginning, or at, at, you have a bunch of adults ready? So, like in the like beginning, if, you would want to get females. Yeah. Put a, size the on them. Rolling. You see what phenotypes are coming out as they progress, and then pick the males that match them the next year. But if you have a bunch of girls around and you're just like, I need to elevate all my stock to yeah. like this phenotype, you can get a nice. Really good example, male, and he could. They can run it eighteen months. That's they can't yeah. do a ton of girls, but they can yeah. do a couple. That's if like
3: the way I'm. I look at it like I, in terms of chondros, right? Because I, I refer everything back to chondros. Um, <laughs> if I'm gonna do like a designer condro like a really just stellar, out of this world chondro, I'm gonna want it to be a male. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he can give you the most. Paying for his buck, based on Literally. the fact, yeah, that he can breed multiple females, and so then when females the take corns, years off, he can still keep going. Right. Yeah. So in
3: terms of corns, is that something? Is that a yeah. similar way yeah. you be approaching See, I, that? I I always keep every female. Like if I hold back a
1: female, I always hold a hold, usually hold a, a backup male. Right. So that's that's just me because yes. I'm like terrified everything's gonna die. So I, I always keep male, female, male, female. But if I had a choice of my just absolute banger. The one I wanted, maybe the morph combination I wanted or the phenotype I'm going for, the thing I'm breeding for, the
3: best one that I've produced yet. I'd want it to be a male. Uh and and I just I'd rather be male heavy or have equal ratios than be female heavy.
2: Corns do so no offense, corns. Little work when courting and mating. <laughs> yeah, you know, a, a GTP is like, oh my god, let's touch each other for the next three months, and maybe we'll. Yeah, think let's about stay it. locked for 48 yeah. hours. Like, so, like, they, the, they the workload is is different. So, a male corn, he's he's like, oh, I got this. It's fine. And yeah. So, um, same way with boas, like you almost have to one for one a boa, and so you, every male is like like more important, but then you can't run a power male to like all kinds of stuff because he'll just yeah. fizzle out. You can't handle that many mm-hmm. girls. There's too much tickling and s- snoodling and whatever for months on end. He only
3: has so much man juice.
2: Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I would buy the females you like and even the males in the first year or whatever. But like each year you can look at the market, look at your phenotype, look at your goals. And you can like easily sub in a new male and yeah. and sort of move your whole collection forward a ton just with that new male.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Although, like Carol's been running the same like big big daddy male, and she keeps raising up replacement sons, hoping they end up being better, and they never <laughs> it do happen. hit. It doesn't happen. Yeah, it's that. like a it's like a thoroughbred where you're like, hopefully, this one's fast, and you can breed them like as many more times as you want and do AI, and you still can't hit the perfect polygenic mix ever again. Maybe so. It's, yeah, it's an interesting sort of never ending project.
1: With uh, with gargoyle geckos, I'm constantly. You know, every once in a while, I'll keep back a really nice one or, or the best one uh, sometimes. And I'm like, all right, this one's a male. I could, this one's going to be a male. I know it's going to be. A... And I never get a damn male. I never get males. It
3: sucks. Makes me so mad. Do
2: so they have sure like, like a, a selection, like a gender selection mechanism?
3: Temperature dependent?
2: Uh, they're
1: not sort temperature of. dependent. Um, most gargoyles that hatch, they're like 90%. It. it this also depends there is what people call male producers. There's animals out there that produce more males, but we see at least here in Corpus that like 80 to 90% of what we hatch is females. Uh, they're also, you know, Parthogenic. So yeah, and they could be
2: Partha. Yeah. So, like, so it's
1: like just more females is, and, yeah. and it's a, it's a female dominant population. It seems yeah. like
2: the uh, in horses, this is like a weird aside, but there's a, they're obviously have a sex determined by chromosomes but female horses if they're like flushed as they're ovulating will preferentially find a way to select internally for male sperm so they can produce a stallion which would be better for spreading their genes better so they have a lot of energy so there's like processes in animals that could even though it's supposed to be 50 50 force the issue depending on the mother's condition and mm-hmm. what she thinks is yeah. best for her DNA and it's all like internal mechanisms like she slows down female yep, sperm or male is, sperm yeah. yeah. so like it's totally possible hmm. animals are weird as well. I'm saying yeah. so if you said you have 80% females Chris he's gone but uh, it's best possible
1: I don't know why it does that it's super fun <laughs> super fun I've been using my uh, I got an iPad and I've been using that for for podcasts instead of my laptop and now it like every hour just shuts off. It's super cool.
3: So what's the plans for 2022 and beyond?
2: Um I'm I'm like struggling deciding what my final like adult colony size is going to be. I I don't know what other people do, but to me it's like we should ramp up wildly until we're confused about time management (laughs) and titrate down again yeah did you take a couple clicks back yeah i guess that's what i'm doing i didn't buy like a trillion adults because i was worried about crypto i bought a couple adults for fun but like mostly the the babies that were the projects i wanted to work lots of miami females to go all different directions um so i'd like to keep doing that i'd I don't know what the final colony size would be. Maybe eighty adults, which is a lot. I'm a lot. saying that out loud yeah. sounds scary. <laughs> when they when comes time to to do babies, we'll see something like that. But I'll we'll be in the corns forever. Yeah. I like corns a lot. That's awesome.
3: And what is your ad, What was what was Chris's wording advice for people wanting to get started with corn. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, if you want to play it safe test from everybody no matter who they are if you want to just have a little bit more casual relationship with corns i don't know buy from people who test and are give you like a good guarantee and then you should feel confident in them and their stock if they're keeping their cohort separately and then from there pick animals that knock your socks off. The price difference between a mediocre corn and an okay corn and a corn that blows your mind is not that much or in corns. It's crazy. It's not, it's not at yeah. all. So I can make a really crazy Miami collection relatively quickly for not that much money, frankly, compared to just going and getting a normal a couple of normal corns. So like just a little bit more money will change your the trajectory of your whole collection, make you much more excited about your selected breeding projects. Maybe add the genes that you want extra. Buy the shatter. Don't buy the head shatter.
0: Yeah. Or, or
2: buy the head shatter if it looks like a phenomenal example of whatever. Like that's all you need to do. That's true across all species. Buy the best, and buy from quality people.
0: Right. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's definitely that's definitely really good advice. Really sound good advice.
3: anything else Christy? i don't think i have anything else to add
1: is there has there been a shatter motley <clears throat> done yet would you ever done that would that work
2: i don't know you know how motley does such a lead sun sort of yeah um i don't know what would happen i think there's a lot of stuff to be done with shatter because some shatters are not shuriken saddles but around yeah. yeah. and they're still homozygous sun-kissed and cinder so why do those animals act like that there's it, also border it, issues we could like pump it up or mm-hmm. we could sort of those it. weird
1: morph combos that if you take a sun-kissed and a cinder and put them next to each other and said i'm going to add these two recessive genes the shatter is not what you think you're going to get out of it yeah not that's opinion. why
2: it's so exciting to me yeah. it's like transformative in yeah. the way Palmetto transformative but still selective breedable and still commands a great price and mm-hmm. for a two gene combo it's great it does, it's not that hard to hit once you have no. a bunch of shatters on both sides it's not like four genes and whatever yeah and it it does respond well to tessera it like straightens it out a little bit and it looks cool it's, I think it's a,
1: tessera does really cool stuff with it as well yeah
2: to me that feels like the the double recessive that i want to make a trillion of. Mm -hmm. But I I do, my first goal is to bring color back to the center. So keep the shape, but make it red again. So like those high color cinder lines. And then I I have cinder lines that make females. I don't know if you have that problem or not. Some of the cinder lines uh, supposedly aren't,
1: don't produce female cinders. This is going to be my first year producing anything that has cinder involved in it.
2: Yeah, so that's something I I don't have. I have female senders, so I don't know the lines that are like that. I think Don Soderbergh has male-only lines, and I have no idea why that is. But I'm actually desperately curious for someone to figure out why that would happen. Because it's not supposed to be sex-linked.
1: Yeah.
0: So Hmm.
1: that's, well... That's definitely something to ponder now that I won't be able to go to sleep while I think about it. <laughs> Look <laughs> right? it up.
2: It's going to bother you. Yeah. Go, uh, go on South Mountain Reptile. Some of his ads right now are like, this is a female cinder. It's very rare. And you're like, is it?
1: Girl, no, I literally have a female cinder. Yeah. A car- oh, yeah, I have, car- I have caramel cinder. I like, I like the Hannibal stuff so much that I have a pair of Hannibal's kids that are pretty Yeah, The AT
2: stuff isn't like that yeah it it produces a 50 50 mix but but old school cinders for some reason the the females don't exist it's very strange
1: i I wanted a breakdown of everything so i got the caramels and they're going to breed next year with all the heads and then i got a honey and i like that so much that i got honey tessera cinders just regular miamis all of them from him from different Pairings mm-hmm. all holding the same recessives, so all of those snakes have sunkissed, cinder, caramel, uh, and I believe mask in some of them. So yeah, so now I have all those genes to play with, and I have the different uh, visual effects of each. So I have like a Miami, uh, you know, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, it's awesome.
2: And his ma- super mask and mask is actually very weird. Like his super masks, mm-hmm. they are that, but they are a very unusual version of it, which I think is its own. He should probably coin that, like the so weird, <laughs> the weird JT mask version. It, it obviously came from Walter Smith, but like having the little circle uh, head stamp is not particularly mm-hmm. normal, even on a super mask. So it reminds me know, of yeah. I know there's are snakes, but it reminds me of like snakeskin pattern, and I'm like, this mm-hmm. is a snakeskin on a snake.
1: Yeah, my honey from him. One of my, or sorry, yeah, one of my honey's from him has a super interesting. Let's see if she, she's not always the most still has a really interesting uh, you can't see it because I don't know how iPads work but her head stamp is super weird it's
2: oh, so we got the cool. little circles um, instead of oh yeah yeah see that's not normal super mask yeah. that's something else I mean it is super mask but like I feel like the polygenics that are in specifically that line are yeah. to be making super mask even more super I don't even know how to describe this like a normal person i know i I totally get what you're saying This is a non-visual podcast but yeah i know this cornsteak's head is like a topographic map yeah uh on like a a white base because of the the miami phenotype but it's like losing its mind because sunkist is helping it and supermask is helping it and then then there's like something else there's
1: the het cinder thing going on right yeah that, that animal's het cinder so
2: i actually bought from him my sort of honey i got from him i bought it almost specifically because it wasn't head center but still had the crazy head stamp Mm -hmm. so i'll probably take it to like isolate his version of mask out Mm -hmm. in in miami's no sun gets no honey and just see if i can his masks are very strong so like in the heterozygous so that's like a different thing altogether it's hard corn snakes forever lifetime
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't think I have any more questions. Justin, you got anything else?
3: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you, you're doing the podcast now. You guys have got a couple episodes out.
2: Yeah, our uh, podcast, it's with uh, Janet King. She's ASM Royal Tales. She's on Instagram. She's pretty much exclusively ball pythons, but I've gotten her cool, Ubered Curious. I've uh, <laughs> I've planted a seed. So she has some uh, cow kings right now. Um. We'll see how far she goes down the hole. Yeah, see? She's like, oh, it's a cleanup crew. And I'm like, yeah, but maybe mm. you should get mm, something else to, you know, diversify your table a little bit. It'll diversify be great. I'll get her portfolio. in there. Yeah, we have, I don't know, a handful of episodes. It's called the Whole Back Rack Podcast. It's mostly just sort of like the the water cooler confessional. We do like a current event section, a little evergreen topic about something in herpet culture. Mm-hmm. And that's mostly just talking. Let, awesome. I want to be awesome. with you while that's you, while you scrape your eights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's
3: what I tell yeah. people all the time. It's just a conversation.
2: Yep. Right. You just to be and, I, and half the time, like I, we're just shooting the shit and making inappropriate jokes. Uh, mostly me. That's mostly me. Channels <laughs> channels is the fun, normal one. I'm like the embittered, post arena sort of depressed one. So that's the that's <laughs> the. <laughs> That's the vibe we get. And where, now, can, uh,
3: where can people find that?
2: That's on all your podcasters, iTunes, Spotify. Um, I do post them on YouTube if you just want to listen to them on YouTube. We don't do video because I edit the Dickens out of it. We have way too many kids and pets that are interrupting <laughs> at all times. So, like, we got a dip. So I just, I just edit them, put them up, and then you can hit up. Jenna, ASM Royal Tales on Instagram. I am I barely look at Facebook. Please don't mess with me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram all the way. Hair Hall Farm. Um, I have lots of fun things on my, my page to show you.
3: If you want to see some corns that are so nice, they'll bring a tear to your eye.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
3: Then you definitely need to be following. But,
2: Mostly uh, Miamis, though. Sorry. It doesn't matter. It's a good yeah. thing to be
3: focusing on, yeah?
2: Yeah. yeah. Love them. They're the best.
3: All right. Well, this was episode three of Corn Stars brought to you by Hair Hollow Farm. That's me. And uh, yeah, Chris, once again, thank you.
1: Oh, yeah, man. Hopefully we're going to be able to do a few more uh, episodes uh, starting in January
3: and keep it going. Yep. We will make it happen. And I've
1: Thank I'm you for having
2: find- me on. Yeah, I'm gonna
1: find Joe. He will be back on this podcast.
3: <laughs> he's got to go back him.
2: to that island with Luke yeah. and re yeah. give him a lightsaber.
3: When he comes out of his cave, and he's like, "What?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, no kidding!"
2: Oh, all right, get off
3: thanks. My lawn. All right, guys. I don't want to talk about snakes anymore. Get <laughs> away from me. Those are I gave up that man. Life. Just
2: like leave like a clutch of corn snakes <laughs> on his. To, like doorstep, and he has to like selectively decide put it under what to a box with the him. stick, yeah. and then you pull the rope,
3: and you catch him. Just <laughs> start and shipping babies to him. Back He's got to deal with it. <sighs>
0: oh, Thanks, everybody.
3: Great. All right, All right. y'all night. have a good one.
1: Thank you.
0: Fun time. Bye. Jim.